episode of the Spider Duck Podcast. I would again like to thank On The Run for providing the theme music, Monsters Like Me. You can check out their music at weareontherun.bandcamp.com. Um, today we're just going to talk about video games. Um, I am joined by the one and only Eric Lee Lewis. Actually, there's other Eric Lee Lewis's, so I'm not the only one. Um, you're the only one in my heart. Aww. Aww. So, I'm so sorry for you, Trevor. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You may need <laughs> to see a doctor. <laughs> I, I'm also <laughs> I'm also joined by Greg Greg Livingston. Uh, that's my name, but you can feel free to wear it out. Oh, by the way, also that's not me in your heart. That's a pulmonary embolism. Well, he just named it Eric Lee Lewis. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, I am also joined by. The juniorest of beards. Mike. Did you say at bandcamp.com? Yeah, we are on the bandcamp.com. <laughs> that, that, that actually makes me think of a porn site that uses instruments for sexual paraphernalia. Thank you, American Pie. Uh, they used to call me Tuba Pussy. <laughs> that's that's not a it. quote, is it? Is it? No, it's not. <laughs> I mean that that's that was actually Tim's nickname in high school though. That's That's true. Yeah, that's true. I had to quit the band. Yeah. And that's yeah. how you introduced Tim really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so job, yeah, Tim yeah, Tim's here. Can you can you actually say it, Trevor? Go ahead. Um there's this guy here, his name's Tim. No, I wanted you, you to call me Tuba Puss. Uh, okay. <laughs> well that works too though. Am I always gonna be introduced last? I kinda like that. I, I feel like your name should just be introduced as Tuba Puss, you know. I was okay. I wanted that to happen. So if you want to go back in time and pretend none of the past 15 seconds happened, just go, Trevor. Introduce me. Go ahead. And and now we have Tuba Pussy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You know what we need for that? Oh, that was no, worth not. It. I was about to say sexy sax guy music, but not uh, quite a tuba. But that would be a sax. And <laughs> I think it would still work. <laughs> we need John Ham. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Busting through walls with, with saxophones. Yeah, there's no such thing as a sexy tuba. Sergio. Uh, <laughs> Sergio. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, we play video games. That's, that's what we do. Um, I know Mike has been reviewing a few games, so I'll, I'll leave him for a few minutes here. Um, right. e- Eric Lee Lewis, what have you been playing? Uh, Mercenary Kings. I have been playing fucking Mercenary King, well, and Darksiders 2, but I don't know what to say about Darksiders 2 right now. Okay. So, Mercenary Kings, it's, uh, did I talk about this already at one point in time? I don't feel like I did. On the podcast, no. at least not on this podcast. You, were, I don't you were playing it at the time, but I don't think you talked about it much. Okay, well, in that case, it is a love letter to my childhood. It is Metal Slug meets... Mega Man, which, you know, Mega Man something I grew up with. I was an arcade rat when I was a kid, so there's plenty of Metal Slug action. And, and Metal Slug was the shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, any any Metal Slug. I mean, there were a couple of bad Metal Slug games, but... But for the most part, every Metal Slug game is Metal Slug, and it's good. For the most part, yeah. yeah. And And this is exactly what Mercenary Kings is. It's... The best of both of those worlds. You've got the Mega Man inspired enemies, and you have fucking Metal Slug t- 
type run and gun action along with animations are completely ripped out of an arcade machine filled with metal sluggies. That's that's a that's a proper proper terminology. Yeah. We we only use proper terminology here at the Spider Duck Network. That's yeah. unless it's offensive like nerds. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. Whoa. Sorry. What the fuck? I felt like examples say... were needed. Jesus. <laughs> I can't We haven't even been going this. five minutes yet, Mike. Already, N-word. Just dropped. <sighs> Might as well get it out of the way early so they can get all their shock. It was pretty fucked up, dude. Yeah. Uh, well, hope you feel good about yourself now. I do. I feel wonderful about myself. I bet you do. <laughs> Stop being a nerd. Uh, oh. Come on. <laughs> one episode, this is... <sighs> Damn it. Even buddy. worse, you're a gamer nerd. Damn it, Mike. Oh. <laughs> we don't like being called gamers. Uh, but I'm going back to my game room. Uh, anyways. Whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 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 sorry. Um, yeah, but anyways, Mercenary Kings. And, and uh, it's in early access right now, uh, which I think that basically means if you buy it on Steam early access, you can keep on playing it, and it'll just keep on updating. Uh, fortunately enough, they have finally made it possible to do online multiplayer, and Travis and I have been playing it a lot together, haven't we, Travis? Travis, uh, you post the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Would <laughs> you fuck me? I'd fuck me. It fuck me hard. So yeah, yeah, it's, he agrees. It's it's pretty fucking great. Though. Hey, Travis. Uh, <laughs> Why didn't Travis get introduced? I'm actually kind of curious yeah, about Travis that. isn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean. Travis, put that lotion down. Oh, yeah. Put the lotion on the skin or else it the hose again. I don't know why that's Travis's laugh, but now it is. Kind of perfect. It's, it's mm-hmm. been a really fucking amazing experience uh, playing it multiplayer. Like, Mercenary yeah. Kings is... It's all mission-based. And sometimes when you're playing it alone, it can get kind of boring because you play a lot of the same levels well you play a lot of the same levels over and over again but different variations of the missions i really enjoyed playing it uh with four people at pax uh east a couple months ago it was really good stuff it's a fucking great game multiplayer like it's really good single player uh but you know there's definitely a good game but there's a certain point in time where it just finally starts getting old when you're playing it multiplayer, like, when I'm playing with this game with Travis, it's like, I don't want to fucking quit. Like, I didn't get to bed until really fucking late last night because we were fucking up playing it all last night. It was an, it was a great experience. And then, like, earlier today, he dropped whatever the fuck it was that he was doing, I think sleeping or something, and decided he was going to play. And another fucking good time. So it wasn't like a fluke type of thing. It's a great fucking game. And if you get a chance to play it multiplayer, which uh, apparently, from what Trevor says, we're going to live stream it uh, between he, Travis, and I, which means that we won't end up doing it because it has me involved in it. Uh, this is true. We don't like to do that's, stuff there. That's the way the Spider Duck prefers to handle this business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't blame you guys in a way. But I was just talking about Trevor because every time Trevor and I have planned doing a video together, it doesn't happen. And then I have to do shit with Greg because Greg's an actual professional. Greg, thank you. Ooh. Fuck you. Yeah, that's right. Suck it. Uh, it's okay. the Jews. The Jews know what's up. 
they don't use the N-word on, on air. No, I will tell you for certain we will do Mercenary Kings multiplayer this weekend. Fucking I thought eight. he was going to say we would certainly use the N-word on the air. <laughs> no. <laughs> that will never happen. Nerd. Ah! Oh. We're going to start having to bleep it out every time he says nerd from here on out. Oh, that would be the best. <laughs> that would be hilarious. What if he just really idea. likes tiny sugary candies from Willy Wonka? Uh, I don't. I hate them. If they, if they weren't named after a racial slur, then it would be okay. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so what mainly, exactly is Mercenary Kings? Did you describe the game? Yeah, it's 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 the love child of Mega Man and Metal Slug. Yeah. It is. But it also has missions. Yeah, and it's mission based, and, and some of them are like, oh, go fucking collect eight or ten of these things, or save these eight hostages, which was really cool when. Travis and I went into this building, and like he just went to the right side of the building, and I went to the left side of it. And we freed all the hostages. And, and like having different weapons, and it's kind of like Borderlands in the way that your weapons can be completely fucking different, except for in this, you buy a bunch of different weapon parts and mods and all this other kind of stuff, and you build your own weapon. So you can take like assault rifle parts and put them together with shotgun parts or magnum parts or submachine guns. Just all sorts of different things that you can do with the guns in this game. It's great. It's really, really awesome. And adds a whole shitload of variety. Uh, there's still a lot to be added. There's still a lot of kinks to be worked out. There's weird glitches that happen. There's weird uh, being dropped from the server sometimes that you're playing on the on with your friends whenever they level up sometimes. Uh I noticed that some of the bosses won't show up on my screen when I'm playing. Like, you just won't see them, but they'll be there. So that really sucks. They're invisible. Oh, no, that's that's weird. But it's, it is in beta, though, right? That's something that's probably going to be fixed. Oh, yeah, it's oh, an yeah. early access. So, yeah, it's... I mean, that's going to be something that they'll have to work out. I'm going to be sending them a report letting them know, hey, I found this problem here, I found this problem here. You, you know, just to kind of help out and show my support in a certain way. Because I feel like that's kind of one of those things that a lot of people play things while they're in early access and they don't let anybody know about any kind of problem that they found that and they could be helping out. So it's one of those things I'll, I'm going to be like, hey, I've had this problem. I've run into it here. Uh, these bosses aren't showing up. But it's it's amazing. It is a truly, truly great and amazing game. Other than that, I, I played a Ride a Bus for 15 hours. Because... Oh, you mean, um, oh, what's that Penn & Teller game? Desert uh, Bus? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, <laughs> is, the, is the main or character a ride a bus, Rosa Parks? Uh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you didn't just say that. Oh, I... no. Tell me, you didn't just say that. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I guess well, the answer is no. <sighs> I don't know what to say to that now. But yeah, that that game's not fun. So don't don't play that game. Ever. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Don't do stupid what, what shit. Can I hate both? Um Because you wanna hate Triple H because he's the game. He uh is the game uh <laughs> Plus, yep. plus, you can't hate the play unless you have a play a haters degree. Yeah, I guess. I didn't go to college for that. I'm sorry. That's what I figured. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's about all I've been playing. 
right. There's Darksiders too, but I think my love affair with that game is quickly ending as I'm figuring out that there's like some really tedious shit towards the end of it. It's like, oh yeah, you got your teleport thingy or portal gun thingy. And... So when you say tedious, should I be thinking of the end of Wind Waker? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, like, you can feel it's coming to an end, and then, like, they just ran out of ideas, and then they were like, oh, maybe we should move the end up, but it's a little bit too late to do that. I mean, I thought about writing a letter to them, too, and then I was like, oh, yeah, they're out of business. Speaking of Wind Waker, did anybody see the new footage for the Assassin's Creed 4? No. Uh, should Good I really transition. care? Because I have a feeling I really shouldn't care at all. <laughs> the new footage is basically, they, they, I don't know, they describe like there's 50 areas you can go to and stuff, but it basically makes me think it's uh, Assassin's Creed Wind Waker. Just traveling around on a that's, boat going to these exactly different islands. What it is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was amusing. Mm. Hmm. Mm. That's what you want to do as a pirate, right? Well, yeah, but, I mean, probably not as an assassin whose primary mechanic is climbing into high things. Uh, boats, boats, oh, boats yeah. That's to offer true. Kind of... You can climb the mast. Do you climb Tommy <laughs> Chong? Can you, can you climb Tommy Chong if you're really, you know, climbing high things? I, su- I suppose if Tommy Chong is in the area, he probably would allow it. Mm, that's good. That's good, because he's always really high. That's true. I see what you did there. Yeah, but I mean, nobody gets higher than Rob Van Dam. I like how Michael Cole laughs every time he makes some kind of joke. We're high, or that he doesn't even try to make me. a joke. But yeah, huh? <laughs> you said I laughed. That wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. Well, but maybe I heard you wrong. Yep, you okay. did. Apparently, that's fine. <laughs> I only tried to half listen to what I said. Past this anyway. awkward moment. Yeah. Silences and chicanery. <laughs> and Eric, that's his favorite word. Chicanery. Chicanery. It's it's a good word. Nice strong word. Uh, uh, being a Chicano. Oh, chicanery. I went to Chick Fil A today. That's good. Uh, Did they tell you, hey, we hate gays because that's you know kind of <laughs> their claim to fame, right? Hey, we hate gays. Here's your chicken sandwich. Yeah. Hey, have your anti-gay fucking sandwich. Well, By the way, if, GodHatesFacts.com. Getting... Fuckers. I they do make pretty I'm... good chicken sandwiches, though. Fucking Chick-fil-A. I want I don't, my chicken I don't sandwich give... to be made 100% with heterosexual meat. Damn right. <laughs> they make their sandwiches 100% anti-Semite. Way to go, Greg. You just supported your haters. <laughs> <laughs> their will... hatred makes me stronger. Would you like that with some anti-Semitism sauce? Here's mm. your here's your hetero straight waffle fries. <laughs> Those are. I don't think there's I don't think there's such thing as a hetero waffle fry. Did I mention they're, I had chicken and waffles? Did I, did I say it on the show that I had chicken and waffles? While you were down in Georgia? No. Well, uh, as soon as I got to fucking Ohio, I went to IHOP for the first time ever. <laughs> you, you, you mean waffles uh, made out of chicken? You need to go to a Skyline Chili while you're in Cincinnati. That's like their thing. Dude, Cincinnati's fucking gorgeous. Like downtown Cincinnati is just fucking amazing. It is beautiful. That is all. I've actually never been to Cincinnati. Oh. It's it's basically a uh, highway that just goes over it. That's the only time it's ever worth going through. Uh, No. No, from what I saw... 
No, it, it, it is called uh, Cincinnati for a reason. You no, know, I don't understand why. Uh, I'd like to know what that reason is. Give it time. That's something that needs to be experienced. <laughs> I'm, I've been here for a few days. I haven't really seen anything get, wrong get, with it. it time. Oh, I did see. I saw three juggalos in the first night I was here, though. So yeah. be yeah, careful I, where you go but, walking by yourself. You might get stabbed. But I'm from or sprayed with Vega. I was just in Augusta. Fucking Georgia. You, uh, I'm going to get stabbed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. I'm cool. Fucking stab like I said, or sprayed with Fago. I mean, it could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's like... I'm from Michigan, where fucking, you know, juggalos are much more plentiful. So you know yeah. all about the Fago bath? Oh, dude. I drank Fago many times. What just happened? It's actually not a bad soda. Dude, Fago sounds fucking... awful when you're saying it over and over again. Fago? Yes. Fago? Figaro, 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 Figaro. We were just talking about Chick Fil A. I guess I understand where you're going with that. But yeah, that's, yeah. That's not what I was saying because I don't like to use that word. Greg Livingston. <laughs> we're gonna end is that this a before it goes video anywhere. game podcast all of a sudden? Yeah, it is. Man, we're talking about video games. Greg Livingston, what have you been playing? Um, I guess the most interesting game I've been playing uh, came out last week. Uh, Cloudberry Kingdom. Anyone uh, given that some time? I do want to. I've heard people actually. say good things about it, but I haven't actually. I don't actually know anything about it. Uh, Travis is playing it for review and should have a review out tomorrow. I think. Oh, uh. Good. And apparently he's run into like a weird bug glitch thingy after like level 100 and something. <laughs> and Do then you know like what it contacted, was? Uh, there's something in his way that he can't get over. Maybe I guess. he needs a magic flute to wake it up. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 was, I was like, wait, is this really an indie game? I mean, I understand it's being published by Ubisoft and blah, 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 but... Uh, apparently, it's actually an indie, so that's cool. Kevin Sorbo's pretty big in the indie scene. Ke- After uh, Hercules and uh, Dylan Hunt. Yeah, uh, yeah. how the fuck is this game fucking indie? That's what I don't get. I think... Uh, Ke- dude, like Kevin Sorbo is totally indie, man. Well, well that's Harrison Greek. Ford. He's, he's put together a Herculean effort to become indie. Uh, I was always more of a Xena fan. Um, why can't we like both? Yeah, but there was always... Why do we there gotta was, there were crossover episodes. Those were always the best, really. No, those were the worst. What? Nope, nope. That's they were the best. Twilight was a bad episode. The best was, episodes uh, were the ones that had Aries in it. I don't know who that, that guy was. Yeah, yeah Kevin. Actually, his name was Kevin Smith. He died, and then I thought director what? Kevin Smith had died, but no, it was New Zealand Kevin Smith. This you was like Aries was killed. The God of War was killed or died, whatever you want to call it. It's, it must be non-canon. Please tell me it was the same year that God of War came out. Oh, Jesus. That would be the it best. It might be, actually. It was around that time. <laughs> but, um, Cladberry Kingdom. Kratos killed Ares. <laughs> Damn right. Goddamn. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's a run-and-jump platformer where each level is just from left to right, uh, point A to point B. And you hop over a bunch of stuff that spins around, and sometimes you need to jump on enemies to bridge a gap. It's um, it's difficult, Mario. I thought it kind of sounds like a breakfast cereal. Yes, that too. Um, 
but it's also procedurally generated so that each like so that each level is quote unquote random. Um, but it's actually a really neat like so that in and of itself sounds like it would be a, an utter train wreck because um, like the you can have a good pre- procedurally generated game, but it needs to be a game that's focused on like where you're studying the mechanics. Like in Binding of Isaac, it's not about how the dungeon is laid out. It's more about, you know, learning how to deal with enemy A and enemy B. Um, but that's not the case in platformers, where it's it's really about where is the platform, and that's the randomly generated part of Cladbury Kingdom. But the thing that saves it and makes it really interesting, a really ed- interesting meditation on platformers, um, is that their algorithm somehow... Uh, they have a really interesting algorithm that emphasizes flow um, and basically the way to win each level is to spend the least amount of time not walking forward um, if that makes any sense like it, basically rushing through the level as fast as possible is usually the correct way to play it and I have no idea how you procedurally gen- like randomly generate consistently levels that require you to rush through them and find a, a a flow and a beat to their gameplay but i can vouch that they are randomly generated and um they also take into account different level themes uh different levels take on different gimmicks or different player movements um so it's still procedurally generated and kind of grown worthy but it is really interesting for what it is when you were talking about algorithms how is that possible? Because Al Gore is white. Does he really have any rhythm? He invented the internet. He has to have some rhythm. I guess. You took my joke, Mike. <laughs> I made that joke a long time ago. I put it on Facebook, and then people told me I stole it from Twitter. Shut up, Tim. Uh, Quick, do an Al Jazeera <laughs> joke. When you were talking about <laughs> do an Al like, revolved around like basically nice. not moving as much as possible, it sounded like the exact opposite of the description I always get for Concerned Hyphen Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have to move in that. But yeah, yeah. Concerned Hyphen Joe, I know what you're talking about with ConcernedHyphenJoe.com. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, well, Nick would have to be here if we really wanted to understand anything. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Rest in peace, Nick. So Cladbury Kingdom uh, is pretty interesting. I if It's 10 bucks, so I think if you're a platformer fan, it's worth it. Um so discounted awesome. price is it your a thumbs up as a game? Uh, if like, I wouldn't make it your first platformer, but <laughs> if you've if you've been around the block and you know what Sonic's about and you know what Vector Man's about and you know what Vector Man, that's Vector Man, oh, and you know you've played Commander Keen. Basically, if you if you're scratching the bottom of the barrel, um, this is a worthwhile one to play. I would put it near the bottom of the list, but it still has interesting things to say. I really want to play Vector Man now. Ugh. Sorry, you like completely lost me when you said Vector Man. I, I'm not big on Vector Man myself. I never played the sequel, so I didn't have to have any of the disappointment that everybody else had, but I love the original. Oh, the sequel. Oh, my God. It's so pukey. But the first one, I'm not, <laughs> didn't, I don't even. Didn't it kind of look like he merged with Mega Man or something? and like that? Not, not like the good Mega Man, but like the terrible Mega Man. Mega Man X? Whatever, yeah. like the... I don't even remember. No, no, I'm thinking Bomberman, not Mega Man. He kind of merged with Bomberman. What was a terrible one where they kind of made him look like a giant human instead of the little Bomberman Zero was on PS2 and that got scrapped. No, Bomberman Zero was on Xbox 360. 
Oh, Act Zero. Bom- oh, you meant Bomberman. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I also played uh, Pikmin 3. Oh, yeah? I didn't even know that was out. I, 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 I hear, heard, uh, I hear I have like a review game. on the site for that. What? Poor Qua. <laughs> <laughs> poor Qua is poor K, fool. Shut your mouth. It's a murder. We say it however it's, we want. It's Porqua in French, you guys. Porqua uh, is Spanish. Uh, uh, parquet? I can't believe it's not butter. It's two? Something? I don't know. <laughs> um, the, I think the main, the main gameplay mechanic, or I guess idea, just abstract idea of Pikmin. <laughs> Sorry. Damn it, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> someone, will, someone will pick that up soon enough. <laughs> Greg, Greg's too popular for the Spider Duck Network. There you go. Um, He's getting all these so the main... from like the Rhino Network and <laughs> others. What the hell's the Rhino Network? Is that a Jew joke? Uh, Rhino, they Ooh. put out the VHS tapes for Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Oh. Wasn't that also the nickname of the dude who got fired for uh, bashing Felicia Day on Twitter? Does nobody know about this? I no. did not know this. People pay oh. attention. Never mind. I'm not, I shouldn't say that. Never mind. I, can't, yeah. I can't remember what the website was, but basically somebody came out and said like some misogynistic marks about Felicia Day, so they got fired from their writing gig at a pretty big website. I want to say it was Destructoid. Okay, I think I heard about that, actually. Yeah, I think it was like the beginning of July. Destructoid? Somebody at Destructoid said something completely horrible? No. I mean, you can say horrible things, just don't uh, bash the queen of nerd culture right now. Everybody has I thought that was I thought that was Veronica Mel- uh, Belmont. That was like the queen of nerd culture. Is that matriarchy? I don't know. Who knows? The princess... Had a baby. Uh. Okay. All right. So, so how's Pikmin three, Greg? Um, <laughs> so the main gameplay, uh, abs- like the overriding abstract concept behind each of the Pikmin entries, is the idea um, that you only have a day in which to do, in which to fulfill whatever mission you have. Uh, so it's a game about time management and you know putting your resources in the right places at the right time. And so the interesting thing about Pikmin 3 is that you have uh, up to three playable like team cap or Pikmin captains, and you can give them orders while you're controlling one of the captains. Um, so the time management aspect is played up by giving your captains simultaneous orders and like keeping check on each one as they make their way across the map. Um, so it, it gets pretty intense. You need to do a lot of multitasking. Okay. Um, Elliot actually gave Pikmin 3 a 10. Um, do you I agree didn't even with know that? this shit came out. <laughs> what do you think about that, Greg? Um, I, I'm not too familiar with the Pikmin series, so maybe it is worth a 10. Um. Uh, do you think it's Sounds good enough like to sell consoles? Somebody disagrees. What? Is Do you it think it's good enough to, enough to sell consoles? Uh, to sell a Nintendo console? <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, they did just come out with the news that they only sold 160,000 units in the first quarter, which is abysmal. I guess that's that's hard for me to say because I I have a strong dislike for strategy titles. 
uh, and Pikmin, th- Pikmin 3 is very certainly a strategy title. Um, and there's also the matter of it should have been out at launch. Would have been a lot more exciting then. Um, not to say that Zomb- Zombie U was actually a really fantastic launch title, but Pikmin 3 was supposed to be the launch title. Um, so if you, I, I wouldn't say run out and buy it. From what I can tell, it's pretty similar to the first two. All right. All right, so it's good. It's a good game. It's worthwhile if you have a Wii U. Uh, it's a something it's a to own. Seller. If you have the Wii U, yeah. So if you have a Wii U, go buy it. According to Greg and Elliot. I think, I think Elliot would say if you don't own a Wii, go buy a Wii and play it. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of Nintendo fans that really like Pikmin, and I've never totally understood it. It's kind of like their secret gem when it comes to Nintendo titles. Everybody thinks of Mario, Zelda, Metroid, but nobody ever says Pikmin. But that has a dedicated following for sure. Guys, yeah, I didn't even know this fucking game came out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more the charm of Pikmin as opposed to like the uh, the gameplay. No, it's it's like an what, interesting. It's uh, also their their most unique title. What Mike too. said was absolutely yeah. right. It is hidden. Because nobody it's owns like, a Nintendo product? Well, there's that, too. I, I didn't even fucking know this bitch came out. Well, it, just, it just came out on Sunday. It's like the hipster Nintendo franchise. Like, the one that uh, that not a lot of people know about, but the people who like it you know, are hardcore about it. But they, I mean, it's not a hardcore game. But, everybody else, like, you don't uh, yeah, <laughs> like, you don't know what art is. Like, like it's not a deep game by any means, and it's just, like, even, like I said, the, the charm of it and everything, I mean, it, it's just kind of... I don't know. But it, yeah. It's, it, <laughs> it's I would not, buy that it's not its very, popularity just, is based solely on its charm. Because from a gameplay standpoint, it's not... It's a strategy game, and, it, and a shallow strategy game... It, like it, it, the strategy games, by their very nature, I think, kind of beg to be have some depth to them. It's a, it's a genre that you know, kind of, kind of. Depth is the know, fun people part who are into deep. Derived yeah, yeah. You know, so to, to make a shallow strategy game like that, you know, you, it doesn't. It's not going to give it longevity. So, but it's any a means, casual um, strategy game, then, right? I mean, we were basically me and you were talking earlier. It's like casual strategy, right? Right. There's a reason you don't hear that word thrown around too often. It's because they, they typically suck. Uh, there's not a whole lot to them. <laughs> or at least um, they don't have the staying power of the more deep strategy games would. Right. Strategy games require like a whole lot of different parameters to be at work because you can really think out your moves and everything. So, uh, you know, a shallow strategy game is fun for a while until you pretty much figure out everything that can be done to counter everything else. And when there are only like three variables in the whole formula, you stop playing the game after like two months or maybe you never play it at all as is going to be the case with Pikmin 3 for me, just because, I mean, I loved Pikmin 1, and I enjoyed Pikmin 2, but everything I know about Pikmin 3 says that it's pretty much the same game I played in 2000 and whenever the fuck that was. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, but that's like the classic Nintendo uh, dilemma, I guess, is that they adhere, I think, too strongly to what makes their games great in the first place, I mean, obviously, but you know they don't really move around too much from their comfort zone. I didn't that's, even know this game. Yeah, but that's been the case as of late. I, w- I would say that wasn't a problem back in 2006. Guys, did you uh, know Pikmin 3 came out? <laughs> well, I mean, Pikmin was like their, I would say, most recent original IP, at least. What about Chippy Robo? Huh? Is that a Nintendo game? Is Chippy that a, Robo? Yeah. Is, that a, is that a Nintendo developed game? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay, well, there's that. But, I mean, that hasn't had a sequel, has it? Or is it going to have That's a sequel? Come on, guys. sequels and one's about to come out on the 3DS. Yeah. Come on, these, guys. These Nintendo you, forgot, games. you forgot about the great Nintendo franchise of 
personal trainer walking. <laughs> Isn't that just a pedometer? Basically. Except you, <laughs> you paid $40 for it. Man, I'm going to take it to the gym with me. <laughs> I didn't even know that fucking game came out. My gym, my gym actually <laughs> Your personal trainer walking has been out for a while, Eric. <laughs> no, not that. I'm talking Pikmin hey, 3. I didn't even know that fucking came out. Yeah, my gym has, has a big sign up that says no outside personal trainers, which makes me want to bring it in just to be a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should get Jeff Hardy's fucking workout app from TNA. I'm sure you can find a cheap copy of Personal Trainer Walking because that game didn't sell at all. So, <laughs> what a surprise! It, well, hey, it probably sold as well as Pikmin Three will. It's a hidden gem, which is a shame there. because <laughs> Pik- um, Pikmin Three might be one of those games that actually has one of the highest like console ownership rates. I don't even know if there's a term for that, but like yeah, uh, all all fifty people that own the console. Oh own. no, wait, <laughs> it sold one hundred and sixty thousand in a quarter at least. Okay, so maybe a hundred and sixty <laughs> people that haven't sold their fucking okay. shit back to GameStop. It's just one of those games, like, when they were sitting down to make Pikmin 3, it's like, who are we making this game for? Like, when, when, uh, you're, the, when you're the guy who's behind the wheel of that ship, like, uh, that's, it doesn't have much of a built-in audience, so how do you pull people into it? And that, that's where they're probably leery of making it too deep, because most people who own the Wii U at this point are grandmothers. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, it, that's what sucks, is that it, Nintendo kind of works against themselves when they finally have a great idea, and I think a franchise that has a lot of potential for what, you know, the unique charm it has and the fact that it's a strategy game made by Nintendo, they just can never really follow through too much with it because I guess they don't want to alienate people by making it too deep, but that might be the last Pikmin game you ever see, to be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't even know We're probably out. assuming it's the last uh, Nintendo console we ever see, too, so yeah. I'm surprised either way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and disclaimer, I think Maybe except with the exception of Eric, none of us want to see Nintendo do bad. Most of us have. I don't want to see Nintendo do bad. You're fucking crazy <laughs> if you think that I want to see him do bad. I, I want to see him stop doing fucking bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I want to see somebody else start stupid. making their games, to be honest. Maybe that's yeah. sin to say that, but I mean, like, if, if somebody else it's could take over Zelda. Somebody needs to make good fucking games. They have great genres, bad. but they're running them into the ground. Like, I mean, Mario is the exception because Galaxy was fantastic, Galaxy 2 was fantastic. Galaxy but, 2 I mean, was basically Mario, like, they're running yeah, into the ground. That's the. I was gonna say Mario. They've they've come back to doing like the bullshit they're doing now with new Super Mario. Now Mario sucks. You're right. You're right. Mario was on its way where it was going well with the Galaxy series, and now they're back to making just the 2D side-scrolling bullshit. That I mean, I don't want to play. Not to say that they're bad, but uh, you know, I just it's not gonna. I don't know. Is anybody with me on that? That they don't really want to play 2D side-scrolling Mario. They're the same game. Like if you have one, you've played it. I mean, it's yeah. That's that's kind of how I look at it. I'd rather just stick to playing my uh, 1985 Super Mario Bros. Because it's the same fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, 1985 Mario Brothers is much better than um New Super Mario Bros. And also, that game. I'm sorry, I have to go with New Super Mario Bros. because that has people in it instead going bop bop bop. So yeah, I mean, obviously that wins over. He wins the argument with that. Absolutely. I I just have to to come up with a quick note here. Uh, Mike on Amazon, personal trainer walking is actually three seventy four. Oh man, that's and too there, expensive for the effort there, going. There's only one left in stock, so <laughs> you might want to I, jump I could, on it. I'll do the eBay thing and buy it and then resell it for fifty cents more. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's at. Man, personal trainer walking. I don't know who like thinks that's a good idea. Like That's I mean, that was when Nintendo was like, Oh man, we gotta make all these like health games because we, we fit fits it popular. Good, so 
A 3DS version will do just as good. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I knew that fucking personal trainer walking game came out. I didn't know Pikmin 3 came out. <laughs> I'm dead fucking serious. I Dude, at least it just came out yesterday. It's not like... Was, I don't give a shit. Like not one it. fucking commercial for that bitch. Oh, no, I haven't seen any commercials for Pikmin either. They're I'm not going to waste money on a game that they, like I said, that doesn't have an audience. Like they're not going to waste money. I'm sorry, but I did, I did a little bit of behind-the-scenes marketing for a recent released indie game, and more people knew about that coming out than Pikmin Three, I think. I mean, even to what oh, Tim yeah, said, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're kind of. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. You don't think it's going to do well, so you don't market it, so it's not going to do well. It's, uh, fucking yeah. a, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that's when you want to market it even fucking harder. Yeah. Not if you're Nintendo. Well, Nintendo's a bunch of fucking... Nintendo <clears throat> makes yep. really bad business decisions. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out there. The Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> Example A. It's... <laughs> it's the, and I mean, that's the game they need to fucking market. Like, it's a new game for the Wii U. One that probably actually would benefit from a touchscreen really, really well. They did. I don't know because, like I said, from the get-go, from the from the yeah. design table, the game is flawed because they don't know who they're making it for. That's... So they, I mean, they tr- they trim it back because they don't want to make it too deep because a lot of people in the Wii U are kids. They're making it for casual people. That's who they're making it for. If that game was on any <laughs> other platform, it would probably be amazing. But because it's on the Nintendo, they have to factor in their audience so much, which is mostly casual people at this point, and that's why the game is, yeah. you know, it's really stripped down. Their right. audience isn't it's even any the casual than any of the other entries. I think it's just staying loyal to the series. Guys, their market isn't even the casuals. The the, the guys from Megadev, who are fucking game creators, asked me in the interview I did with them fucking months ago. They're like, wait, that's a new console? We thought it was a peripheral. <laughs> the problem that's with Pikmin is game it... developers. The problem with Pikmin is that, like, with the first game, it's a great idea that's not very, you know, developed. It, it's more of, like, a dipping your toe into it. And then, you know, a normal developer with succeeding entries in the series, you know, they well, refine that. They add to it. But that's what that's the problem with um, I know this is going to make uh, Eric here groan, but uh, Assassin's Creed's a really good example of that. They always have, like, well, let's just do Assassin's Creed sure. 4 from Assassin's Creed 3. They took a mini-game, basically took it as a trial, a, a beta test of the uh, shipping mechanic. And then whenever people loved it, they made a full fucking game out of it. Which was the thing that most people were most excited about when it came to what Assassin's Creed 3 had. It was the ships. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying though. It's like they took the small, they took the small thing that people loved and made a full game out of it now. Whereas yeah. Nintendo's taking this game, uh, it's kind of in a, uh, a not quite refined state and then they don't change it because people really liked it. So instead of adding stuff to it and uh, continually improving the series, they kind of just keep releasing it. Which, how often do you ever hear anybody say, no, this, this I don't like this Nintendo game because it's too different from the old one? Like, I've never heard that complaint from other series like, you know, Resident Evil, uh, Honestly, Purist, and things like that. That's uh, that kind of loses its uh, flavor over time, but I'm thinking that that happened around uh, Majora's Mask and Wind Waker when they first came out. And then eventually people started to realize how fucking awesome those games were. Well, yeah, I mean, Majora's Mask was like a spinoff. So uh, people who were mad about that, it's like, well, fuck you, because it came out two years after the other one, Eat a Dick. And then Wind Waker was, you know, it was mostly the cell shit, and people hated about that. <laughs> and eventually, wait, 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 wait. Can you nonchalantly say Eat a Dick again? Because that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Just that like is, the most nonchalant Eat a Dick ever. That's my favorite thing. I mean, that, that might be my favorite phrase in the English language. Because it's just so to the point. It's just, it's just but. I mean, what the hell was it? Oh, yeah, because it came out two years after Ocarina of Time. Like, it, it, it's another Zelda game in two years. Like, shut up. 
And yeah. and Wind Waker, like I was saying, you know, it was mostly the visuals at first, which eventually people came to love. I think be, I don't know that people just they became like the smug thing. Their uh, uh, like uh, knee jerk reaction was to bash it, though. Yeah, well, mainly it's Nintendo's fault because they showed a Space World demo of like a really realistic looking fight between Zelda and Ganondorf, and that's the image of Zelda people had in Did their heads when Zelda? they saw. Yeah, the 2000 <laughs> Space World demo. No, no, no. You, you said a battle between Zelda and Ganondorf. Oh shit! Sorry. Which really, then leads to the fun myself? of my yeah, and then it leads to the fun of I always say that that Zelda also just because I'm an <laughs> asshole. You just I'm said like it a because Zelda it's fanboy. Fun. I can't believe I just did that. My bad. Oh, it's but, okay. Um, no, no, no. Don't be sorry. Be happy you did it because that's fucking um, funny. And it gets hate mail, which is really funny too. But like out? Nintendo, they they stepped on their toe again with that because they showed that demo, which was really cool. And everybody oh was, god, you know, like, oh my god, I can't wait for this thing ever. Everybody thought that was a tech demo for a new game, and it wasn't just a pre-rendered cutscene that they could switch fucking day and night cycles for. Oh my god, people were so, so I know, hyped over that. I know, that I know, but even thing when I was a done. kid and I saw it, I was like, I know, because everybody thought that's what the game's going to look like. Which, even, like you said, it was a tech demo. It wasn't a game at all. It wasn't, it wasn't even be- that. It was literally a pre-rendered scene that let them change day yeah. and night cycles. Yeah. But then because they did that, everybody thought this is what Zelda's going to look like. It's going to be great. And then, it, you know, they showed that. And then the actual video for Windbreaker, like, to show it off was not good. Like, the debut trailer, it, did, it like, didn't do the graphics justice. They should have just. It was like a lot of ship sailing and kind of like, wow, that looks really boring. Nothing and then him running from, bad. like, goblins and then yeah. winking at the camera. Like, I, it, ugh. But, I don't know. I mean, eventually now it's like a favorite of the series at this point. So. They, they should have just spoiled the ending to it and just showed him stabbing Ganondorf in the fucking head. That would have sold everybody. <laughs> I just I just know the first time I played that game and the first time I saw a bomb explode, I was like, that looks fucking yep. cool. That yeah, was, that was what awesome. sold a lot of people on it. That was yeah. what sold me on it, was the first time I saw a bomb explode on that game. Do you guys know the brilliance of those fucking little... Uh, uh, do you, know the, you guys remember the Forsaken Fortress in that game? Oh, you know, yeah. The kind of place you had to sneak around. And how you always seem to be harassed by those little tiny uh, gremlin guys. Not like the actual uh, Mogoblins, but... The tiny little, uh, the little cobalt almost kind of guys. Yeah, those yeah, goblins, I believe. Yeah, those things. Those things are programmed in the game to basically spawn outside of camera, so it just automatically it looks like you're being swarmed from nowhere. And that mm-hmm. is like one of the coolest design decisions. There's no uh, predetermined spawn points. It's just behind you just, all the just time. Boom. <laughs> yeah, they're always chasing you. They're always coming out of the shadows, and I think that's one of the coolest design decisions they could have made with those. Like mm-hmm. that creepy Watson video. I'm not sure what that is. Oh, <laughs> is that a creepy pasta meme? No, it's a. There's a Sherlock Holmes game where you play a Sherlock Holmes in first person. In first person, oh, and there's yeah. Watson around helping you, that. but he never walks to a to a different room. He only like he stands next to you, so he'll just spawn out of your field of vision, and it's really weird. <laughs> so every time you turn around, he's right there, no matter what. Oh, I awesome. remember that now. Holy yeah. shit. Oh, it's fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's like the creepiest I remember that. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. Uh, yeah. Want to touch my penis? No. Nope. Anyway. Greg, play anything else? Yeah. Um, no, I think that about covers it. All right. Greg is, Greg is covered. Um, I was glad to bring up some Nintendo discussion. <laughs> <laughs> the last little while. Somebody had to have Nintendo's discussion somewhere in the world. 
<laughs> Somebody's talking about Nintendo. What the fuck? I, I, I'm still Nintendo's ears surprised though. that just just how badly that. I mean, we all know they're doing badly, but just how bad it is. Right, this game was this console was released less than a year ago, and to sell 160,000 units in the first quarter is. It's does anybody here have a Wii U? Greg does. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right. He played it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> God damn it, Tim. I love you. I really do. I, I can't Aww. help. There's something so it's, it's endearing the about Tim. Jabs. He, he's like he's like the dumb blonde of the group and I love it. Because I'm the uh, blonde, I think. I am blondish. Oh. And Polish too. Oh, yeah, never mind. Yep. Hello to all of our Polish listeners. <laughs> I just called you dumb. <laughs> you don't even Polish sausage is good. Uh, Tim Smith. Yep. Tim Smith, what what have you been playing, dog? Um, a lot of Civ Five. Uh, I got the latest expansion, which did not go on sale during the Steam sale, which I was kind of bummed about. Brave um, New World. Uh. Brave New World. Yeah, it's uh, it's really subtle with what it does. With uh, because a civilization is the, the the big draw for the series for a lot of people is the fact that you can play the whole game without ever actually going to war with somebody. There are like a lot of different ways to actually win the game through like a culture victory, a wonder victory, things like that. And uh, it creates uh, tourism, which is like actually like a game mechanic where you try to generate uh, smart people in your cities to do like great, write great books and paint great paintings. And then you put them in museums and then people come to your city and that's, that's like a thing, tourism, where you can actually win the game with it. Um, it like I said, it's really subtle ways that they kind of just change little things that really make a, have a huge impact on the way you play the game. So I'm playing a lot of that. Actually, I had 32 hours in the past week, to be exact. Um, <laughs> it's just in the real like... world, you can't win with tourism. Otherwise, Australia would kill us all. And by yeah. the way, this, this sounds a lot like Indie Static, the game where you win with great art. <laughs> I haven't made a reference to those much. Never mind. <clears throat> What else did it? I was still playing some Torchlight 2. Does anybody here play Torchlight 2 very at all? Besides whenever I'm playing it, occasionally. Uh, I play it on occasion. Yeah. Okay. Because I play it like nothing but hard, uh, elite hardcore, the oh, hardest okay. difficulty on hardcore. It's I'm just like um, that, like that's the only way I played it, and it, it, I've never made it past the first act until like last week. Uh, and then I died like 15 minutes into that, but um, sounds like you turn off hardcore. <laughs> it's, it's it's just like really it's the Dark Souls effect, you know. It, like you die and then you get really pissed about it for like a week and then you just have to get back in there. And the gameplay is just so solid that I, I just I don't know. It's it's a really addicting game. I've got more hours in that I think than I do in Civ actually. Um, other than that, I'd be I'd be worried about playing a game like in that uh, like the Diablo style isometric games on hardcore simply because the fact that it's at, at random points it just feels like the enemies start cheating like i remember uh diablo specifically you'd always you'd eventually come across enemies that just like just make a shield you can't hurt them now <laughs> it's just annoying and fu- frustrating as hell torchlight I mean, is, is really cheap enemies but i don't know if it does or not uh, it it does. I mean, it has a lot of enemies that can one-shot you. It has enemies that will stun you, and then you'll get mobbed. That's what happened to me in Act 2. I, there was a Basilisk. I'm like, oh, Basilisk, they petrified me, right? Let me find out. So I walked right up to it with my hammer, and then he froze me, and a bunch of little crabs ate me. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so my crotch like, feels pain. 
<laughs> but like I wasn't even mad about it because I've been struggling for so long to just beat Act One that the sense of like just triumph and achievement and just plain relief that I finally had when I finally killed that end boss. Like, okay, um, I can suicide now. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of I was like I'm probably gonna die here and it's gonna be okay because I at least I know how, now how to do it. So every time you you make like another hour of progress past where you died before, you're probably gonna die, but you're gonna learn something you're, else. You're kind of treating it like a roguelike then in that sense. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what what, what it feels like. And um. It, Another thing about it is that unlike games like uh, Diablo or – I mean, trying to think of anything else that has a hardcore mode in it because it's not a very common thing these days. Um, uh, and Terraria too, and Minecraft both do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, actually, there's a lot of games with har- with hardcore modes in them now. But games there, like this that, that where you like, – like RPGs that have a hardcore mode like that, I, I can't think of too many offhand that have been made recently. Of, um, from software. Mm. Uh, Kingsfield, like? Or do you mean just the guys yeah. that make Dark Souls and – yeah. Oh, one of the better ones, The Witcher 2 had one. Or at least the Enhanced Edition did. I don't know if the uh, Standard did. but uh, The the PC version had a uh, an insane mode that had hardcore in it. Yeah, the console mode had dark mode, but it didn't have the uh, hardcore part of it. Um, but what I'll say, the cool thing about Torchlight is that it doesn't allow... I mean, you can't... You can, if you go through the internet browser to browse games and create a game... Uh, you can launch a new world, but if you're just playing single player and you keep reloading your single player save, you can't go back to previous areas to grind. Um, so everything you, you know, whenever you kill enemies, whatever loot you get is what you get, and you can't just grind a level up for the next area. So it, it kind of introduces almost like this game role aspect um, where you can play a game from like start the start of the Act 1 to the end of Act 1 and not get a single decent item. And you kind of just like got to work with what you have. So, um, but it does have a shared stash too. For a different, so whenever you die, if you put things, uh, well, I should say, if you find items for another character that you can't use, you can put them in the shared stash, with the you know knowing you're probably going to die, so the next character you make will be able to take advantage of them. So over the course of like five or six characters that I've made, I have a really loaded stash with all kinds of good items that I can kind of work with. Um, Actually, I know uh, what you're playing. That's totally uh, Rogue Legacy at that point. Yeah, yeah, kind of. yeah. yeah. Um, other okay. than that, uh, and I, I started a new character just last night, and I got to the end of Act 1 and died again, so I'm, I'm off Torchlight 2 for a little while. Um, other than that, let's see. Civ, Torchlight 2, uh, Captain Heroes 2, I'm still playing that pretty regularly. Um, the multiplayer is pretty solid with How that game. How many Nazis do you think have died for the sake of our entertainment? <laughs> I, today, <Not> alone... <laughs> I, We've probably I killed, killed off the population of Germany 100 times <laughs> over by now. Yeah. Um, no, it's a really, really solid game. They need to optimize that game better because it doesn't look that much better than the first one. And it doesn't, I mean, my computer is really, really good and it doesn't run like perfectly on it. Like I can run a game like Skyrim or Crisis or Metro Last Light at max settings without too much trouble. But then Company Heroes 2, I crank up the anti-alias thing and the game just chugs like I'm... Oh man, I have, I have even a worse example of that coming up. <laughs> But uh, other than that, I, like I said, I really enjoy the game. I like the online matchmaking system. It actually has a, a, a versus AI matchmaking system where you can just jump in, click, you know, start game, and, and it'll throw you into a game with some players against uh, uh, to, to comp stomp, basically, which I think that's the first time I've ever seen that in an RTS for the online matchmaking. Um, um, most, of them, most of them do it now. League of Legends can do it. StarCraft can do it. Star, I was going to say, I think StarCraft might be able to do it too, actually. Yeah. But um, um, that might be it for me, actually. Let me think here. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Chernobyl. Uh, Stalker, Shadows Chernobyl. I downloaded that <laughs> on sale. That's one of those games that's like a love it or hate it, from what I've noticed. Yeah, it's kind of like um, Fallout in a way. Um, it, it's but, like the Russian version really of Fallout. Fallout with balls, yeah. Basically. 
it, it's kind of it's like some, somewhere between Metro and Fallout. Um, Isn't but, it supposed to be some kind? Of, it is like a survival game, not not it like is. Fallout's more of an adventure game, but. But yeah, no, it's much more hardcore than Fallout, I would say. Um, it's kind of something about it reminds me of Mountain Blade in a weird way, where it's got a lot of really cool ideas, and you can tell it's you're looking at a team that had a lot of ambition and not really the resources to follow through on it. Um, but because of that, I, mean, I kind of like it all the more for what it is. And the something the the ballistics like system in the game is one of the best I've ever seen. It, it's really hard to explain what I mean by that, but is just that like the, the way like, the guns feel. The feel of the guns in the way, like when you're firing like a submachine gun, the way the bullets kind of, I like, I, I shouldn't have even have opened my mouth about it because it's just so hard. <laughs> but basically, the look and feel of the guns. Yeah, I mean, if you just watched like a video of the game, you probably won't see it. It just looks like you know you're somebody's playing Call of Duty. You can aim down the sights with weapons and uh, shit like that. But yeah, just something about the way the bullets themselves are are modeled and the way they kind of fall through and hit the target. It it's it might be the best I've ever played with in a game, to be completely honest with you. Um, and there were two sequels made after, which I didn't realize that until like yesterday, I think. So I might end up downloading those too. But a very difficult, uh, hardcore game, and uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm having a good time with it. If you like Fallout, it's at least worth checking out. Uh, that that pretty much does it for me, I think. All right, Tim Smith in all his glory. He's a doctor. <laughs> he's a he's a like they have a truck right next to their microphone. That's that's my tuba. Oh, yeah! Wow, <laughs> going full circle here. Uh, <laughs> Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what have you been playing, Trevor? So, we... uh, over the weekend, I played some Race the Sun. Um, which is it's did a. Did you make a, a video of that? What's that? Did you make a video of that? I did. I actually live streamed it. Um, and it went over pretty well, I think. Uh, it's it's a very simplistic game. It's almost like turning a racing game into a runner in a way. Um, but it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's like what do you race? Of, uh, you, sun. you race the sun. Oh, oh, sun okay. uh, I mean, basically, Obvious, you are oh, you're a solar powered vehicle, and the sun slowly goes down unless you get get power ups to keep the sun up. Um, and it, actually, if you go behind buildings and stuff, you'll lose power. So you could actually, you know, lose the race that way. Stuff like that. I believe Elton John said it best when he said, don't let the sun go down on me. That song was based on Majora's Mask, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> uh, Majora's Mask is the movie. I don't know. When I, first, when I first heard it when I was a kid, I used to think he was saying, don't let your sun go down on me. I was just going to make that like, joke. Which is God more fitting. damn it. And then w- later in life, I figured out about his life, and then I was like, oh, man. He just got an appendectomy today, too. Uh, All right. Okay. Um, is that the one where you like, they take out your appendix? Yes. 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 Okay. Just making sure. I, I didn't hear the word that he, what, what's the what's A- it called? Appendectomy. Oh, okay. Thanks. Sorry. Thanks I thought you said asphyxectomy, and I was like... <laughs> um, but yeah, racist on its... It's a really fun game. Uh, it's still in beta. Uh, they're they're doing. It was actually a Kickstarter project. It's it's all in black and white, and uh, actually some some of the the power ups are in color, but it it's overall black and white. It's it's really cool. They're in uh, what? And you can create your Monogram. levels. It has a it has a pretty pretty interesting level creator because people have created levels that are completely unlike the main game. So 
Mm. That, that was really cool to see. So it, it's a lot of fun. Um, I have a first look video up on the website. Um, so, some of the power ups are in what? Keller. <laughs> uh, actually, Trevor, I was wondering if you could uh, also review, like, what's it like to live stream? Is that uh, something you would recommend? Um, if I would say yes, if you're good at talking about the game as you play it. Um, it, it you kind of got to get a groove with it. Uh, it might help to get to play it a little bit first, and then kind of when you go into, you don't have to think so much about what you're doing. I guess it depends yeah. on the game. Um, Race the Sun, I actually did play beforehand, and I think it was beneficial in that aspect. Um, actually, another cool thing about that game is that the the main course that you play changes every day. So it's a new actual racing course that you're playing on every day. Which gives you, and, and they have leaderboards, and the leaderboards obviously change every day with new every new track. So you know it's it's like trying to be the best every day. So it it's got a lot of replay value in that aspect. Um, it's actually really neat. Yeah, it's it's a really cool game. Like I had a ton of fun with it. Like it's just really fun to play. Like it's it's got that addicting just like one more run like aspect to it. It's just like yeah, you said it. You said it in the video that it was like playing a endless runner, and that's pretty much what it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely yeah, is. I, I popped into your live stream ten seconds because you know the Wi-Fi on the bus was really weird, and I said, "Race that sun." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that was bus goes round and round. And that was yeah, they had the the Wi-Fi on the bus went round and round except for to the back of it where I was sitting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fun game and it's still in beta. You can check out the full game on uh, Flipfly's website. That's the developer, uh, flipfly.com/slash/race-the-sun. So uh, that's Flipfly with two P's, by the way. F L I P P Y. He said, he said, he said, P P. I'm glad every one of us just laughed at P P. We're all so mature. <laughs> God damn you people oh, your maturity. Um, Can you say PT again? Because it made us all happy. And I, I did also live stream some Mercenary Kings. Hey, question. What was the experience called in Dead Rising? Uh, prestige points. Yeah, what were those letters there? Uh, pre- it, it would say it about their P-R-E-S-T-I-G-E. People would have pee pee over their heads, you know. Um. Anyway, yeah, I also live streamed uh, Mercenary Kings this weekend. Um, which which we're we're definitely gonna have to do some multiplayer. But I think Eric talked enough about Mercenary Kings. Um, I don't really have anything constructive to add to it. What about deconstructive? It, am I reviewing that, or are you reviewing that? I'm not reviewing that. Okay, I'm reviewing it. <laughs> when it comes out, I'm reviewing it. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, I should be reviewing Guacamelee within the next two weeks. Oh, nice. And also having... Was it in beta the entire time you were talking about it? No, no I, I played it on the PlayStation 3. Oh, and okay. I, th- I think I might have done a review for it at Galactic Gaming. I Room. think Jimmy reviewed it, actually. <laughs> oh, okay, I couldn't remember if yeah. he did or I did. Um, yeah, I'll be reviewing that, the Gold Edition. Like... It, the version that's coming out on Steam is like the uh, special edition, I think, with all DLC included and all that right. kind of stuff. And I should be having an interview with Drinkbox also. And uh, I think people are really going to want to hear that interview when it happens. So, oh, God. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'll be a good one. I, I'm not gonna say anything, but <laughs> that'll be a good one. Yeah, that should that should be interesting. Um, <laughs> oh man, we're gonna have to talk about this after the podcast. Anyway, uh, no, 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 yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely, most most definitely. Um, but yeah, so box I, I'm also playing Mars Warlogs for review. That's the goofy fucking third person game that's kind of like uh it's like God, i don't know how to explain it's like it, right? chronicles of riddick almost yeah kind of but it's like a total accidental goofball game yeah and like i don't i don't know how i feel like i'm only a couple hours in it's I, a total b movie this is this yeah. is a from everything i've seen it's a total greg livingston and eric lee lewis <laughs> joint yeah like it's it's <laughs> From what I from what I've played, like it's like the the main character voice acting is really good, but like the rest of the voice acting is not. And, and the so, characters themselves, they're yeah, they're goofy. It's cheesy. Like I guess in that world, like the the character that you save in the beginning, his name is Innocence, and I guess it's supposed to be people are named after like their I guess what their type is supposed to be or something. I don't know. Something like that. But it's 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 kind of weird. It's like set in like a Martian prison um, with prisoners. The fat old. guy's name's Rapey, I think. I don't know. I, no, he's just called like Fat Guy. I think he he yeah. tries he tried to rape the dude, which yeah. is why which is the dude you saved. Yeah. So innocent. he tried to take his innocence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he did indeed. But like, <laughs> but like, it, it has like a ton of responses for the dialogue. Like, you know. The, one of the responses for the dialogue after saving innocence was like, "Well, you're my bitch now." Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see somebody choose that, but not one person I saw play that would choose that. And I was like, "What the fuck? Come on!" Yeah. yeah so it's. So I mean, it it, de- it definitely has some, some aspects. <laughs> As you bend That's... him over and carve your name into his ass. Watching all too much ass. But yeah, it's. it's... <laughs> I've never seen Oz. Sorry, it's it's very cheesy, but not Oz. Oz was very good, <laughs> but it's the like, it, basic genre. Uh, third person action. Yeah, that's what I would say. Third person action. Like it, okay. it, it's almost like they tried to take the Chronicles of Riddick and turn it into a third person RPG. Yeah, it, and it also kind of has the uh, Red Faction Armageddon feel to it too. Yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of like that same Mars setting. You know, yep. with the sand and creatures and shit. So, yeah. lack of water. It's interesting. I, I'm I'm gonna have to play some more. I'm probably gonna play the crap out of it this weekend so I can get a review up. But uh, Greg, you know all those cheesy '80s genre films that you and I always talk about, and yet we love somehow. Like RoboCop. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a lot like those kinds of movies that you and I both love. <laughs> What about the gameplay? It looks good. It looks it's, solid. It's it's all right. It doesn't look yeah. the best, but it looks pretty fucking solid for what ten, fifteen dollars, something like that. I think it's ten or fifteen bucks. I I got it. I got an Xbox Live Arcade version from the ah. from PR, so because um, it just came out on XBLA. Yeah, that's like the uh, God. They ended up patching the shit out of that game because they made way more money on it than they expected. And apparently, like they they've added voice acting and all sorts of different shit, like fixed voice acting. There's more fixes coming out, so like as cheesy as it is now, it's going to be fixed somewhat, I guess. Yeah. So, I don't know, there's a lot of work they're going to be it, going it, on. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems interesting. Like, 
Like, it, it seems different. Like, I, I, I really just don't know how to feel about it yet. So I get more into it. Because I just like, got to the point where I have a gun, so, like, I haven't even shot the gun yet, so it's kind of... It looks very worth playing from everything I've seen. I've watched a lot of footage on it because I'm actually really interested. It looks yeah. fucking pretty fun. Yeah, I, I definitely just need some actual time <laughs> to sit down and play because I've tried to play it after work a couple nights, and it's like getting an hour in doesn't really do it any justice. So, But, uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the gamut of what I've played. Well, actually, that's not true. I played a little bit of Dungeons of Dreadmore. Um, uh, that game's interesting. It, it, it's very much like, almost like Sword of the Stars, the pit. Um, but I don't think... Is that it's, really? It's, it's not as good, I don't think. But... Oh, by the way, I should mention this. I think Travis made... Uh, Kerbero Studios make some changes to sort of the stars of the pit. Really? I'm pretty fucking positive because he's... I've read a lot of reviews on the Mind Games DLC, Mm -hmm. and nobody fucking said it, but Travis said it. And it was the thing he and I talked about a lot, which was they expect you to pay money for this, yet they won't allow you to play the new characters in easy mode. Which was bullshit. And he actually said something in the review. They've officially changed that. They've added more to the menus. Like, a lot of the things work a lot nicer now. So it's pretty cool. So, I mean, if that's really what influenced it, like I think it was, then fucking go try it. I I sent that review off to their PR to make sure they saw it. So they they definitely did, apparently. So that's awesome. Good. Go, Travis. Yeah. Good job, Travis. Well, thank you. <laughs> it puts the lotion on its skin. Oh, Tim has a nice tuba pussy. <laughs> mm. It's not a tuba. It's not a tuba. <laughs> Sorry. All right, but but that's 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 it for what I've been playing, Mike. Yes. You sir have been playing a lot of games for review because I've pretty much pawned them off on you since I got a busier job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a couple I've been playing. So, uh, why don't you talk about drop? One of them you are no review up for. <laughs> yes, uh, Rise of the Triad. Not pluralized, as I kept typing, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I had to edit. <laughs> it just makes me. I say triad. I I just want to pluralize it. Rise but, um, of the triads. Rise of the triad was actually a game that was supposed to be. Well, the original back in 1995 was supposed to be a sequel to Wolfenstein. It was actually called Wolfenstein 2: Rise of the Triad. That ended up getting released as its own game. Um, I had actually never heard of it. Did any of you guys play it? Hear of it? And know about it? I, you know, I'd heard of it just a little bit. I yeah, think I saw a review for it on X-Play or something at the time, and they gave it like a three or something, I think. And that was like pretty mm-hmm. much it. <laughs> I mean, it has a pretty hardcore fan base for a game I've never heard of. I mean, it's not a Doom or Quake, you know, but... I, With my fucked up it. screen, I saw some screenshots you were posting on the staff page. I think I saw an Asian lady with a sweet tuchus, and that was about it. Well, that, that one wasn't an Asian lady because she had a pig head on. <laughs> there's, oh, there's well, goofy, that, that pig uh, lady had a sweet tuchus. Uh, there's, there's some goofy um, little humorous um, textures that they put around. They're, they're very repetitive, though. Like The very first level is where I posted all those from, and those are 
pretty much reused everywhere. So, I mean, it's not mm. as amusing the second, the third, the fourth time I saw it. What I did like, though, uh, was it was like a little sticky note stuck to the wall that says uh, hold action uh, for long enough for to spawn a BFG in this room. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. I could just imagine somebody seeing that and being like sitting there for 20 minutes holding the E button. <laughs> just hoping to get a big fucking gun. <laughs> That's pretty fucking awesome. What does yeah. BFG actually stand for? Does anybody actually remember well, that? It's a really technical name, but it's the big fucking gun. Yeah, I, that's what everybody <laughs> called it. That's what I even called it when I was a kid because, like, you know, that, well, that was, was what the, you that was the actual heard. name for it. But they gave it a technical term. Like, yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was the big fucking gun in production, but then they gave an actual yeah. like in-game name. Yeah, yeah. It was meant to be known as the big fucking gun, though. I think that was what we're supposed to call it. It was meant to be the big friendly giant. That was, that was right. Does he make uh, like frozen green bean packages or something? Green giant. That, that's that's the green giant. Yeah, it's close enough. I, he's, he looks pretty friendly in those commercials. Yeah, God, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I, I mean, Rise of the Triad still kind of wants to be those old games from 1995. Bioforce uh, Gun. What was that? Bioforce Gun. Oh, um, really? That's it? it yeah. Just, yeah, it's a, such a boring name. I'm, I, I wish you hadn't told You can it. tell it was a big fucking gun first, and then they had to think of something just to kind of, right? you know. Because that doesn't even really make sense for what it does, seeing as how it just pretty much it just blows up everything in the room. Mm. Oh, well. Mm. Either way, like I was saying, it, it pretty much still wants to be those uh, old-school 95 shooters. And I, I actually described it as, um, like, if anybody remembers the first... Um, the first gameplay trailer for Duke Nukem Forever back in like nineteen like ninety nine or two thousand or something like that. The game that looked pretty much complete. Was what was yeah. that, Eric? Yeah, I remember that. I remember it. That, that's kind of what 99. this game made me think of, like what Duke Nukem would have been back then. Because it was a, it was a three D environment. It's it's kind of got like a new look to it. I mean, I, I remember playing like Doom. I don't know when it stopped being this way, but you know how you couldn't look up and down. It was basically just left to right movement. And you just shot up and down. But I mean, this has fully actuated. Mm-hmm controls and all that yep. but it's just not very good i don't i don't know i shouldn't say that because i absolutely loved the game when i first started playing it like it's ridiculously fast like you're just sprinting through the levels um but then that's directly contradicted whenever you try to kill somebody with a gun that's not a rocket launcher because i'll get to a room and uh four or five guys will stream out of a garage door or something and then I can't go fast anymore. I have to like start strafing in circles and using my machine guns, using my pistols, because it takes forever to kill anybody. And they're not like I'm not fighting like invisible demons, like say Doom, and I'm not fighting Mecha Hitler like Wolfenstein. I'm just fighting random Nazis, and I'm just it, it breaks the pacing for what is supposed to be a really really fast game. And towards what uh, Tim was saying about Company Heroes having performance issues, mm-hmm. this is this is a tiny ass game um, compared to. Most games we play today, and like it's 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 old school. It has very low polygon count, but it might be the most inefficient video game I've ever run. Like I run every game I play at max settings: Bioshock Infinite, Metro Last Light, anything else I play on my computer. But I, I'm dropping down to like ten frames a second sometime playing this game. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, and not only that, it has ridiculously glitchy uh, graphics. Like one of the screenshots I posted. It was, it was a dead body that had just rubber banded out of the screen. 
Like you just you just see it like on the floor, and then it's just stretching. Like I, I don't know I don't know if it's a technical term for it or how to describe it, but it's like you, it deformed two D thing just stretching away from you, and it happened a lot. And there was also a uh, another problem. Yeah, I that's had. the uh, that's known as the fallout glitch. That actually that's never what happened. happened uh, like, huh? I never saw that ever in Fallout. Oh man, there's some good ones. Uh, it's usually with the aliens. You punch them in the face, and then they'll die, and then they'll start stretching across the screen. That, that could be why I never played it is the aliens. Really one. fucking cool. <laughs> ah. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of distracting though. It's... But um, yeah. I also had another. There's also some uh, clipping issues. Uh, like there's a uh, traps. There's a lot of fucking traps in this game. Some of them more annoying than others. But uh, the glitchiest, the glitchy ones are the most annoying, obviously, because there's like um. Think of it like a giant brick with spikes in it, kind of like trying to push you off of a, uh, off of like a, a walkway. But I'm walking past it, and it doesn't push me off the walkway. Instead, it like grabs me and pulls me in. Like I clip through the solid object of this brick. So I'm just like standing <laughs> inside of this thing as it's like, I guess the only description I can really use to aptly describe it is it's humping me because it's still going out and in, out and in, out and in. <laughs> so I'm like literally getting fucked by a spike wall. I'm still alive. I'm not dying or anything at this point because for some reason when I clipped through, I wasn't taking damage anymore. You should but review it and that should be like your summary. It's like literally being it. fucked by a spike wall. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Should have said that. Man, I mean, it wasn't a, it's not a terrible game. And if you want to if you wanted to like play old school shooters, go and do it. I mean, I think it's $15, 14.99. I gave it a 7 even with all the issues. It ha it has its good merits, and if you if you wanted to play your, your Doom or your Quake today, this is the game for you. And I never actually ended up playing the multiplayer, but I imagine it would actually be a lot of fun with like the hectic pace, because like like I said, uh, Makinima described it as Sonic with guns, and I, I think that's a very apt description because you you are fast in this game, but when you're playing with guns, it's bad. At least rocket launch is like one shot kill weapon, so. I'm not going to, like, lose my pacing whenever I'm sprinting through rockets. Like, it's almost designed to only be played with a rocket launcher. Because is it like a serious Sam, even? As opposed to, like, a Doom or... or... No, it, it's, it's not like that. Like, you can just tell, no. like, the level design is kind of like that open flooring. You backtrack once you find keys to, like, open doors. Oh, okay. uh, There's secrets all over the place. Like, there's actual secrets that are found by rocket jumping up in the new areas. Like... The first thing you feel when you play that game is old-school first-person shooter. Yeah. So in that sense, it accomplished its goal. And they did say the uh, the first patch they released is going to be 100% optimization, but it's kind of one of those things, like, if your game's not ready to ship, why ship it? Right. And I mean, I, I was technically playing on a beta copy of the game, but I got the beta copy of the game three days before the game was actually released. So I don't think that's really much of an excuse for how how bad it was. And I can't even imagine some of the later glitches. Like there's some like almost like sci-fi elements into the uh uh like at least the weaponry later in the game. I couldn't even imagine what some of the glitches are. But it kinda got old fast for me, but then again I also wouldn't want to put back in Doom and play it again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be a game for everybody. It wasn't a game for me, that's for sure. But, it, I mean, it's a good distraction at the very least. And like I said, if you, if you want to play Doom or Quake, this game is... It it's, it's, it's accomplishes that feeling, at least. 
All right. So you, you were, you've been playing another game, a, a strategy title. I have been. This uh, that we can, I'll get the review up soon. <laughs> I was kind of burned out after writing the other review, so I took a second to think about what I wanted to write for this one. But Divinity Dragon Commander, which I would actually highly recommend this game to you specifically, Tim, because I know you're big into the strategy games too. Yeah, it's your story. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a really unique strategy game. Basically, they designed... It's a two-part strategy game. Like The, for the first bit is uh, board game style. And I'm not even going to go into some of the, uh, the dialogue, stuff like that. It's, it's honestly not very... It's not handled very well. And they described it as like Mass Effect dialogue system, which is a, a vast overstatement for what it actually is. But it's not bad, and the, some of the characters the characters are interesting in a single player. But it's like really ham-fisted when it comes. To, it tries to deal with uh, um, really, really hot-button political issues. Like, uh, well, I should I should I should preface this as basically you're a uh, you're trying you're trying to become the leader of this country. Like the father the father died, the king died, so now his sons are trying to fight for control of the country. So they name you king, and they basically want. There's a council of five people that are like caricatures of uh, what you see in the regular uh, world, the real world, I should say. There's like, I actually found this one really funny. There's a race of undead, which normally the undead are like, you know, bad guys normally. But these are the right wing religious nut jobs in this game, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Just like real life. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, they're, they're, legit, they're yeah, legitimately skeletons talking to you about like, God and the seven or whatever their version of God is, but and then there's the do they hate gay people. Yeah, yeah, they do. Oh, cool. Yeah, those <laughs> are just one of... Christians. Yeah, it's actually. <laughs> uh, and then like there's the dwarves who are like dwarves are money hungry, so they're the conservatives. And then there's the elves who are the tree hugging liberals. And the lizard people are like the moderates, and then there's the imps who are just fucking crazy. So I don't even really know how to describe them. But then they start introducing these little these issues of uh, uh, the elves want uh, the the new emperor you to allow gay marriage. So you have to go around and get the opinion of all the other counselors before you make your decision. And I post I posted one uh, screenshot from the uh, Dwarven counselor. If you give me one second, I want to get the exact quote from what it said because it just like astounded me. <laughs> Like the the writing for it, like I said, it, it's incredibly ham fisted, and like there's like no subtlety in it at all. Where are like they? this Where is actually an issue, like gay marriage is on the table. Yep, this and skeletons and dwarves are debating it. That's wow. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's the concern. No, it's not the. Uh, all of them are debating it. The skeletons and dwarves are on the same side because okay. the religious people <laughs> and the conservatives don't like gay marriage. I'm with the skeletons. I don't think they should get debate gay marriage. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually going to read this. This is the actual line from the game. Uh, so Oberon is the name of the uh, elf. So Oberon is putting a poof nuptials back in the agenda, is he? Where will the blasted elves realize marriage is about procreation, not pleasure or passion? Can't these queers be happy with what they have? Used to shoot them on sight barely a century ago. And that, that's, wow. that's, that is the whole defense. Because you get one defense from each person. That's the whole defense for the conservative side of gay marriage. And then after I clicked uh, allow gay marriage, uh, the dwarf says, so you're backing the fairies, are you? Both the elves and the other kind. Thin end this, of the wedge, if you ask me, Commander. Just like real life. Goats next. 
<laughs> yeah, I was wow. going to say, this actually sounds like a really smart way to put these things into a game. Like, well, I don't know. I, I think that this sounds like a really fucking smart idea to explore these political topics without actually uh, stating what's what. Like, actually putting them into this fantasy setting like this. Or well, at least the what thing it about that like is, I'd agree to a point, but like I said, it's, it's, it's handled incredibly ham-fisted in over-the-top ways, which is fine. Except for the fact that the uh, developers are clearly... Um, siding with one side or the other when they say it because when you when you hear like i didn't i don't have the quotes from any of the proponents but the proponents were like they sounded like normal people they didn't sound like caricatures of a side of the argument like the other side does so it's kind of like they're yeah, doing this over the top uh, this over the top uh depiction of one side of the argument while basically uh making the other side seem well you're just get crazy if you don't choose this side which that's one of those things where like if i was going to make a game or even write anything where i was going to have to portray people who were against gay marriage which i'm for because I'm a, or more of a liberal, I, it would be hard for me to, to make the, to give their, you know, to their side of the argument any like credible anything really. Because well, it would be, but bags. I mean, they have a lot of people there, and I'm sure they could have done something. It's not, it's not so much that they included it, but if you're going to include it, don't be as blatantly one-sided as it. Because at, at, at that, that point, it's no longer you're handling a complex political issue. You're basically saying, choose this or you're fucking nuts. Well, Which they're handling kind of... it, but they're handling it from their point of view. It's like with me, I, I'm a former vocalist. Like I used to be a musician and everything. And I never said, well, a gay marriage is good, but I can understand your side. Like it was more like a, hey, you know, fuck you. I'm right. And that's the kind of stance that you have to take, especially yeah, when but this they're, is they're like asking you to rule them. a country. They're asking you to make this decision as the president, as something. They're not saying this is what you're going to say. They're asking you to do it. And they're trying to present sides of the argument. I mean, it's, yeah, I, can, a difference between I can see merits point of view. I, was, I, can, I can kind of see merit in either sense because I can appreciate somebody who feels strongly about it and puts it into a game and makes the other side look like, you know, the uptight douchebags that I think they are. On yeah. the other hand, like you said, it's a strategy game and it's about running a country and, and talking out these issues. It's, so it would have made sense that, you know, even if they're you know hard against the other side's argument to give them a bit of credibility and not yeah. make them out to be fucking, you know, barbarians, basically. Yeah. And, and, and um, these, actually, these decisions actually have in-game consequences because they influence uh, how much the side of the argument you choose against likes you well both sides one side's going to like you more one side's going to like you less and that could that, that'll directly influence how hard it is to there's the there's second side of the thing where you're basically playing a game of risk on a mm -hmm. world style game board and each little territory has a uh, population and if a population of say primarily dwarves and the dwarves don't like you you're going to get a uh, negative uh points to some score whenever you go to actually do it's well, whenever you conflict over the region it turns into an actual rts starcraft style rts so you're actually having negative negative consequences in the game from basically a decision that's not a real decision like i, I said this the other day when we were doing a live stream uh, a strategy game that presents a decision that's not a real decision isn't a strategy so if, if you're <laughs> gonna if you're gonna give me something that actually affects the gameplay don't make it such a one-sided thing that's basically I have to choose, which I don't have to choose it. It's literally a yes or no question. I could hit thumbs down, but after talking to everybody, it's just like that's the way you're going to handle it. And they did the same thing for they do the same thing for immigration. They did the same thing for I don't know, just pick, just pick the hot bucking hot, yeah, hot button topic and they basically did something for it. I'm just drawing a blank off the top of my head right now for it. 
Oh, also, in all fairness, those people that usually debate against gay marriage and stuff are usually the kind that's like, gay marriage is bad. Nobody wants a homo around. They're usually like that. So, I mean, it sounds like they might have handled it a little bit properly. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, you want me to do brain surgery on your knee? But they also they also too accurate. They, they even commented, one of the uh, counters commented something about the dwarf having a good point about the sanctity of marriage, and then the dwarf doesn't even talk about it, kind of thing. So, yeah, so I guess, that's normal. Fox News, what's up? Yeah, right. No, no, I, mean, I guess like, it's one, one of those things like you're expecting political, not, not to say you yourself, but you're, to expect political forum out of a strategy game that's obviously made people who have like hard political opinions. I mean, you're right. If, if it's going to be like a, an aspect of the gameplay, an element there where it's going to be a you know, this side or that kind of thing, they should represent both sides for the sake yeah. of the game itself, for the design. But on the other hand, like I said, I, I kind of, I have such a hard opinion against the people like yeah. those dwarves and like the Christians that they represent and the fact yeah. that there's not much of a stretch at all. They're not exaggerating it. I mean, the yeah. caricature that we're describing here is, it's pretty much what it really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I, on the other hand, like I said, because he, we're talking about a game here, they should have kind of taken that into consideration. And they shouldn't have introduced that issue at all, to be honest. Um, well, they it, do, it's uh, just... Like I said, they did immigration, they did that, they did like women's rights, they did women's rights to vote versus women's right to uh, like get elected to office and stuff like that. They do mm-hmm. pretty much anything you think about that gets brought up in an election cycle. Is, it, was, it was talked about in this game, but it's always, it's never really a debate. It's always just like, here's a paragraph to read. Yeah. Kind of thing. I guess your, really your, your point is that if they're going to do it, they may as well. They should do it right and actually, yeah. 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 And that's one of the things they did in this game. They, they're trying to juggle a lot of hats here, um, mm-hmm. or wear a lot of hats. Juggle a lot. Well, I don't even know what the fuck I was trying. To <laughs> hey, I've seen people juggle hats. You're fine. <laughs> but like I said, they have they have this uh, socio-political aspect of the game, which is actually really, really, really interesting. Uh, the characters are. I don't want to say well developed because they are blatant caricatures, but they're interesting. At the very least, I enjoy talking to them. It, it, sometimes I get a good chuckle on some of the things they say. One of the most off-putting things was they didn't define the character model specifically for the skeletons. So, I mean, if you imagine how a character model was for a human, you know, lips move. Skeletons don't have lips, but their teeth move instead. <laughs> the same fashion as well. that was kind of off-putting, but it doesn't really matter. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even hold. Have it you ever them. seen Arnold Schwarzenegger's ex-wife Maria Shriver? No. Similar, very similar. <laughs> yeah, she she looked yeah. very much like a skeleton. Yeah, but they have always. But yeah, they have that socio-political aspect of it, and then it moves into a a a risk game, where where, while you're still doing your whole thing on the ship, if anybody played StarCraft, you you kind of upgrade units and all that stuff. There, you buy new units for your next thing, yeah, for your next uh, outing. But then you go to the uh, then you go to the risk board, which is just a map of the land separated into territories. on land, you can build. Um, there's let's just say factories and you know there's a whole bunch of mini structures too that that that's, gets a little more complicated and in depth into it. But basically, you build little. Um, I, I guess you just call them little game figures. I mean, if you if you think you're like you're playing Risk, you just got the little tokens or whatever the hell you want to call them that you move around to tech capture territory. Mm-hmm. So you, you you buy those each turn. There's there's actually an up, a progressive uh, money system and research system to let you buy and research and a whole bunch of other crap. But you, you buy units every turn, and then you try to, as in risk, you try to capture the entire board. And you have, actually, at the point of the game I am, there's three computer players playing against me at the same time. So I'm trying to capture land, and they're trying to capture land. But I'm 
it's not like as simple as uh, in Risk, you know who gets it. Like, whatever the dice roll. I don't even, I don't even think I've ever played Risk in the actual board game. Whatever decides how you get land, it's, it's pretty cut and dry. But this, you have... Uh, Say they, ha- they say, say they bring five of a standard unit to a, to a board piece, and you bring one. Normally, that'd be the end of it, but in this game, it turns into an RTS at that point. So every turn, people make their little moves with their little toy figures. They put them on land, and then at the end of that, you decide if you want to fight for the land. Um, if you choose not to fight, it basically goes through the progression of uh, they have five, I have one, so I automatically lose. But if I choose to fight for it, it goes into a battleground where, where it is a traditional uh, StarCraft-style RTS. And I have a base, and they have a base. Since they had five units, they're going to start with more units than I will. Like, they're going to start with their five units, and I'm going to start with my one unit. So, I mean, they could just rush me with that right there, and depending on the uh, map and the scenario, I could just lose because of that. Sometimes there are insurmountable odds, but it does still give me a chance to apply some strategy to it. But, so yeah, it's, it's like you have the overall u- the units and the unit strength on like a, a campaign map style thing. And then when you get into the fight, it goes into like an actual RTS fight where you're like base yes. building and managing. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool, yeah. actually. Well, it's not it's not quite as in-depth as base building. Uh, it basically comes down to uh, there's types of platforms. There is a uh, resource platform, which is like building drones in, Mine- in uh, StarCraft. So mm-hmm. and you get resources over time and you spend those resources on the other tiles you can either build... Uh, you, is where you choose the type of unit you want. So you can build a factory to build uh, mechanical units. You can build a barracks to build uh, ground infantry units, or you can build a uh, airport to build sky units. And there's also like shipyards off. They're basically just pads that you capture, build something on, and then you start building. So there's none of this crazy micromanagement stuff. It's a very streamlined RTS at this point. But w- the cool feature about it is, is you also uh, you're a half dragon in the game. So whenever you get into these battles, if you're the one commanding it, uh, you can summon yourself to fight. So it, at that point, it almost turns into a... Uh, um, shit, what the fuck is the uh, the game where you, like, you're riding a dragon, like, fighting... like Panzer Dragoon? Panzer, yeah. It kind of turns into something like Panzer Dragoon, where you're controlling a third-person model of a dragon, and you can basically turn the tide of the fight by actively engaging the enemy units. Wow. With that. Yeah, and that is probably the most interesting thing. Like, when I was playing the multiplayer with the developers, that that was where the battles, like, won or lost. Like, you can have the best strategy in the world, but if the dragon gets summoned and just comes and wipes out your army, you could still lose. And it's not like the cheap, unbalanced, oh, my God, I, I can't believe that just happened. What's the point of me building this kind of thing? Because you can have certain types right. of units that would just wipe, wipe them out. There's a point where we were getting absolutely destroyed by the developer's dragon but i had a like i just amassed this anti-air army so every time he attacked he got instantly killed so i mean what you is still, the you strategize uh, around that as well what is the fantasy anti-air by the way it's just like a ballista or is it like an anti like a flat cannon well there's there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of different units you can you can you can build stationary turrets on on turret platforms to do anti-air but the specific unit i was using was basically an air-to-air fighter that could fly around the map oh huh. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different units to be anti-air. There are uh, uh, StarCraft level units, like uh, when it comes to numbers, like oh, there, okay. there are a lot of fucking units. It's it's not like um, two or three where you got like you know the tank, the gra- the tank, the plane, the uh, ground trooper. No, there, there's a lot of different choices. It's it's so complicated and in depth. It is a really really deep strategy game. I don't even know how long I've been basically just ranting about it, and I haven't even come <laughs> close to 
doing justice to the features that are in this game. Wow. What's this game called one more time? Divinity Dragon Command. Dra- okay. Yeah. It is uh I ac- I actually asked him specifically because we didn't have time to finish the map. Uh how long a uh, match can last in that game. And he said between equal opponents a single match can last a day, a full day. <laughs> And I could believe it, too. Like, that Risk game. Just imagine sitting down and playing a game of Risk. And then every time you wanted to take territory, going into a mat, uh, an RTS fight. I mean, the game is... I don't want to say slow and tedious, but it's long and involved. <laughs> it sounds slow and tedious. If you, like, if, you like strat- if you don't like strategy games, that's what you'll feel. Yeah, I don't like strategy games. If, if you like strategy games, um, this is, like, the penultimate strategy game. Like, it's, it, it sounds like, it, yeah, they're cramming a lot into it, you know, in yeah. a good way. Like Their original plan was to, with the Enhanced Edition or the Legacy Edition or whatever the hell they called it, was actually to release a board game with it. Like the board game of their Risk-type board came in a map, but they just had financial difficulties with that because obviously they had to, like, make every little piece to it and stuff like that. Right, But, I right. mean, they, they designed a full-fledged board game to go with it. I mean, this is ridiculously thought out, incredibly detailed and, I mean, I'm a strategy nerd. Like, the strategy games are my favorite genre of games. And this game just, like, speaks to every part of it. Not so much the verbal strategy part of it. That's not... <laughs> I mean, that's interesting, and it's kind of funny and amusing. But everything else you do in that game is just ridiculously involved and ridiculously interesting. Is it part of the uh, the Divinity, like, RPG series? Yes. Is yeah. it, it is? Okay, okay, yes. gotcha. And I believe... That that's an indie developed series, isn't it? Um, I think yeah, it was yeah. a Kickstarter. I think yeah, it was a Kickstarter starting. So I mean, just thinking about it even that way, just thinking about how big this game is for an indie game is crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'd highly recommend it to anybody. I don't have uh, the review up yet, but it's gonna get a good score. Oh, you sold me on it. I'm probably gonna buy it after we get off here. Actually, it sounds pretty cool. You had me sold originally, and then you said it, all this weird strategy shit and i was like the word strategy came into it and i was like yeah eric's eric's not the uh, patient type for these strategy games <laughs> i have some patience for certain games patience. and shit but it's, it was the risk thing really that was like uh, yeah. the risk thing actually goes by pretty quick especially if you enact a time limit which i mean it's one of those things where it's like oh shit oh shit oh shit do i have time to do this like it's, it's like enacting a time limit on there i don't even know if i'd recommend it because it's like pulse, pulse pounding you can lose if you if you run up against a time limit and don't get all your moves done. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of crazy just how much they put into it. Yeah. <laughs> Strategy fans should definitely play it. I don't think you're going to get a better experience. Like I mean, the actual RTS portion of it is obviously not going to be as uh, deep and in depth as um, a StarCraft. It 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 does only have. Um, to, uh, one style of unit, whereas a lot of other games tend to go for uh, two or three. But I mean, mm-hmm. this this brings so many more strategy elements outside of the APM style. It's almost like you can you can beat somebody who's better at RTSs through the risk board and vice versa. And I think that's what's kind of cool about it. It's almost like you can make up for your weaknesses in certain areas by being a better strategist on the outside. It's like making a game for like turn-based and RTS gamers, like to kind of like. Yeah, that's, kind that's of a good way. That's a good way to put it, because I mean, you can you can just go into, um, fights that one side just can't possibly win if you strategize your 
capturing, right? And you can you can just strangle out resources if you're capturing uh, enough of the map versus what they have. So I mean, you 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 can make up for any any kind of in any kind of deficiency you might have in strategy mm-hmm. in other areas. I mean, it's it's really really cool the way they did it. That sounds like, awesome. I, I kind of can't believe just how much they uh, were able to put into this. And um, did it come out today? Uh, Monday? Out tomorrow. Okay. I don't know. It came out faster than that bag of chips or whatever, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it comes out tomorrow. So, by by the time you're listening to this, it is out. It is forty dollars on Steam. Forty. Okay. But I mean, it seems it seems like a game that's well worth it, though. Oh, it definitely is. I'd be interesting to see. <laughs> I don't think it could ever make a uh, competitive uh, esports scene because that's another one of my current passions is the esports scene, just because of how long it would take to play a single game. But it'd be interesting to see what uh, the people who get really good at the game can do with it. I mean, the um, I because of some technical difficulties, it was ended up me and another guy with basically playing the developer two v one. And he was able to he was able to hold his own for the most part, just based upon, for he had the good knowledge of the game, but just based upon his ability to manage his uh, risk screen properly. So mm-hmm. it was it's kind of it was it's kind of interesting. Those developers are cheaters. Let's just be honest. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think he had hacks on the entire time. He just every time one of us got advantage, he DDoSed us. Now, actual problem. Go play, go play no, the problem Vrunk was Dolphins. he was playing on a newer version of the game than we were, so we were having some technical issues with that. Go play Vrunk Dolchers with Nikolai Berbeche. <laughs> Does he DDoS you? Uh, huh? What? Sorry. Does he DDoS you? Uh, he. Uh, I don't know. There's a. There's a. There's a joke behind it all. He's cheesy as fuck. Wrong with cheesy. Vrunk Dolchers is. Uh, it's a game that's not actually a game. It's a a big joke, basically. It pretends it's a game. Not a game at all, though. You use the letters D, I, C, and K to play it. <laughs> Do you only move right forever? No, you don't move. You, you're a you're a vulture playing against an online opponent that's not really there. There's no, there's really no online opponent at all. It's fake. Uh, the patch number, if you put the, I it, I shouldn't spoil all this shit. Nick would be upset if I did. Is it another dick joke? The patch number. Yeah, there's there. It's got three good dick jokes, and it all based upon our interview that we did a long time ago, like from when Nick and I ended up becoming friends. He put them all into that game, so yeah, it's good. It's good like that. Bronk Dolchers. Concern-Joe.com. dot com. com. But uh, but yeah, the Divinity. Drag- I highly recommend it. That is uh, Larian Studios. Oh, yeah, they made the... uh, Casual strategy games earlier, and this is definitely not that. (laughs) They made, uh, shit, the the original, like, Divine Divinity games from back in, like, the late 90s, I think it was. They're kind of, like, really, really uh, rough around the edges Diablo clones. Kind of like almost a combination of Diablo and Baldur's Gate, but with really bad voice acting and low production values. But they were pretty solid games. But yeah, they go way well, back, Diablo actually. You, you describe it, it makes me not want to play it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, Diablo no, it's, and Baldur's Gate had bad, play, bad voice acting also. 
That's ridiculous. Sam Boulder's bad at voice acting. How do you even... You're on crack. Have you ever... <laughs> what? It's and true. What? It's not much different than the original Resident Evil's voice acting. Uh, Harry, or no, it's Wesker, where have you been? <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Should I just, like, nerd out the conversation with the Divinity stuff? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Dropping the N-bomb again. Oh, I, I feel like I put Eric in <laughs> the strategy talk. Jesus. How long did you make it into a game of Civ with us? About 30 seconds? <laughs> uh, it depends on what you mean by a game of Civ, because there were multiple games played, kind of, sort of. <laughs> we're on turn 203, if you can imagine. Where's We've clicked at? end. Oh, yeah, uh, Only 127 top. more turns to go. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that was because you guys dropped me into that game without me knowing shit. Oh, just come play with us. You'll learn as you go. What? Okay. Uh. Huh? <laughs> That's Does yeah, that mean that you was... have you have some interest in it then? Uh, I had interest in it, and then I played uh... with you guys, and then I had no interest in it. <laughs> oh, shucks. And it's not because it's you guys. It's because like. What do you mean, you guys? You know what I mean. By you what do guys. You Whoa. You know what the fuck I mean. Shit got Whoa. real. I mean, you people. Whoa. Come on now. Come on now! Are we still in a. No, never mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> never mind. Yes, Tim, we're still doing a podcast. That's... No, no, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. Are we. Are, right? oh, are we... Are we still in this game, Mike? Yeah, that's my. We were doing the. Uh, oh God, really? My toss. We're doing the fucking podcast. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure. And it's not your city talk. Gosh. Sorry, guys. Oh, we can nerd out of our civ too if you wanted to. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That bomb again. Damn it, Mike! Shouldn't you? Shouldn't you be writing reviews? Yeah, oh, I, I should be, but oh man, you know how hard it is to write like back-to-back reviews. Yeah, it's not that easy. Just trying to get my mindset away from the terror, the uh, disappointment that was Rise of the Triad into the awesomeness that was Divinity. All right. Um, I wish my screen wasn't messed up. I was kind of interested in Rise of the Triad. Anyway, we can uh, we can we can talk about some news. There's news. I realized something what? that I want to point out that's really funny to me. Okay. Over the last couple of days, I've seen a lot of like television news and realized that like game journalism has somehow became or has somehow become more credible than like television journalism. <laughs> and that's sad considering video games. Games is in that and yet it's way more credible than fucking the news. Well, the problem is even uh most of the quote-unquote news stations will admit to this. Their news channel, their news shows are designed for entertainment. They do they do readily admit for it, but they don't like advertise for it. Like Bill O'Reilly isn't news; he's entertainment, but he pretends like he's news. That's why his name's Bill the Clown. Yeah, uh, the actual news programs, like your your Fox News, is not like the uh, Fox News uh, channel. No, I'm even I'm talking actual... even local news, by the way. No, a lot of them. A lot of them actually do. They they do tend to revolve around sensationalist stories. I mean, let's be honest. No matter what your opinion is on it, Trayvon Martin should not have been a national news story. Um, 
Who the fuck was that chick that killed her baby like uh, two years ago? Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony should not have been a national story. I mean, they but, still rely yeah, on I mean, um, the Steubenville rapes. Yeah, they stay. They uh, uh, still are relying on uh, reality show um, uh, marketing ploys to get people to watch. Yeah. So I mean, that's unfortunate. So it's really a, our fault. Well, well, most of America's fault. <laughs> Yeah, in a roundabout way. Yeah. It's 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 more Congress's fault, and not even the current Congress's fault, but like the original Congress that gave away airways to use for news by not yeah. like forcing them to uh, have ad-free programming because that would solve all the problems if there was no ads involved in news. I shouldn't say it would solve all the problems, but it would go a long way. Whenever they couldn't make money off their news broadcast, they wouldn't try to trick you into ratings. Exactly. So, I don't know. There's a lot of things wrong with it. So anyway, we're we're gonna talk about the the other side of news, the, the, the other. good side of news, right? The, the gaming Apparently, side. Apparently, from what I'm from what I've gathered and been laughing to myself about over the last few days, yes. <laughs> All right, so the Elder Scrolls okay, coming never mind. out on September 10th. Elder Scrolls Online? The uh, MMO game? No, all of the Elder Scrolls games. What? Every one of them are Can being released as an anthology set on oh. September 10th. Like all from Daggerfall and Arena up through Skyrim? Yes. How much is the anthology? Is there a price for it? Uh, it's $79.99. Really? 80 bucks for all of them? Wow. 80 bucks for all of them. That's all DLC included, I assume. Yes. Um, That's a good price. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's bundling five Whoa. PC games, seven add-ons, and five physical maps. Uh, it's if you five think maps. about the sheer amount of time you can put in that entire package, that's a good price. Think about Skyrim just with all the DLC by itself. and then Yeah, but think about know. what pla- what platform is this for? PC. Okay, I was going to say, if it's on the PlayStation 3, one of those games doesn't even work, so... That's yeah, not for the PC. Okay, that's good. Then. Is it only on PC, I assume? Yes. That's cool. Yeah, only for PC. So so you can own all of the Elder Scrolls on September 10th. It's a pretty good deal, I would say. It's going to be hard yeah. to go back and play Arena and Daggerfall. Or sometimes Morrowind. Like, sometimes Morrowind can be a hard one to go back and let your eyes lay upon. <laughs> yeah, if you can get a... I yeah, think Morrowind, I recommend getting one of the uh, update mods for the... Uh, Visual the texture, yeah, yeah. The visual yeah. mods. The game itself, I think, is probably the best RPG ever. Like, it is one of the only games that lets you have like infinite freedom on what you can do. There's stories about people making themselves so powerful <laughs> that they literally break the game. Mm. So, I mean, it, it's crazy. Yeah, they oh. made a game about that before that game ever came out. It was called Shaq Fu. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Charles Barkley, shut up and jam, got him. Yeah, there's that too. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, that's all I got. That jam. That jam. It's a great the only, <laughs> the only song that ever needed to exist, and it's the only song that existed anymore. Was the Space Jam too? <laughs> it's like crazy it. how awesome that game is. Legit. I guess, I, all I gotta say is <laughs> Kurt Cobain. <laughs> uh. So uh, apparently, our good friends at at Ubisoft are going to announce another new next gen IP at Gamescom later this month. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they're already bringing out the crew, and Tom Clancy's The Division, which I guess is technically not a new IP, but kind of is. Um, and they've been working on Watch Dogs. I never even want to consider racing games new IPs, but that's just me. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can understand your viewpoint on that. Like, I kind of agree. Because, um, I mean, they're racing games. What if it's yeah. a wrestling game? It's like there's a circle, you have a car, you're going around it. Dude, if if this is Assassin's Creed wrestling... Oh, I'm over oh it. I would play that. Over I'm it down. I'm down. I'm over it. <laughs> I think that needs to happen. I felt like I had to wrestle with some of the glitches of Assassin's Creed 3, so that was already a wrestling game as it was. <laughs> well, guys, in case you were worried, I just want you to know... Probably Tekken wasn't. Cross Street Fighter is still in development. Oh, to Namco Bandai. Where's Javon to complain about it? I know, right? <laughs> man. That's who we I, need here. Cross Tekken kind of flopped. I'm surprised. <laughs> this just in, Square, Square Enix is picking it up and they're just renaming it to Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> uh, see what I did? Because they turned versus yeah, 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> I still have the Space Jam song stuck in my head. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Junior. Uh, according to uh, Harada, um, who is the producer of Tekken Cross Street Fighter, mm-hmm. he said they would rather throw out the new game right away. Well, rather than throw out the new game right away, while those people are still interested in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Guess what? They're not. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we, they are in Japan, but that, that's not possible. Here. We are looking yeah. for the right time because we are still developing Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Why? Why Tekken Cross Street Fighter? Like, what makes them think that people aren't going to be like? I already knew that Street Fighter Cross Tekken came out. Why did they just switch the name around? This was the plan when they first came out for one company to do it from the Street Fighter uh, 2D perspective, and the other one to do it from the 3D Fighter Tekken perspective. Oh, yeah. okay. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah, it's a Tekken game with Street Fighter, basically, instead of a Street Fighter game with Tekken. Alrighty. Um, so according to uh, Iwata, the Nintendo president, Satoru Iwata, Nintendo makes games, not <laughs> art. Not art. Wait, that's his quote, really? That's uh, the contents yeah. of the quote? Here, here's yeah, the quote. Indie Static says that they're pissed. Go on. Um, Nintendo developers are extremely insatiable when it comes to whether what they make resonates with customers or not. They'll do anything <laughs> to achieve it, Iwata said. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. Both anything Miyamoto... except for put out a fucking halfway decent console. Go. Both Miyamoto and I say repeatedly, it's not like we are making pieces of art. The point is to make a product that resonates with and is accepted by customers. So when are they going to start this? When's the uh, year that they're going to start this initiative? I right. I honestly couldn't tell you. Like I'm I'm waiting for it myself. Like I really want some Nintendo games to resonate with me, so I can actually. Maybe, maybe they should buy a DeLorean so they can re-release the Super Nintendo. <laughs> well, I mean, they kind of have. If you want to call the virtual console the Super Nintendo. I forgot that even existed. It's probably the only thing that makes money for the console. I often forget that the Nintendo brand even exists anymore. They did just recently recently release Earthbound. Yeah, that's that's nice. I didn't even know. 
Um, throw, throwing it back to some Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. They have a plan to end Assassin's Creed. Oh, thank God. I did see that. I didn't read it, though. They've they've planned the end of Assassin's Creed. Seeing as how the original plan was for it to be a trilogy, I'm not really taking them at their word on this. Here, here's the uh, quotes. Um, we have multiple development teams. Then we have the brand team that sits on top and is filled with writers and designers concerned with the series' overall arc, he explained. So there's so there is an overall arc, and each iteration has its place inside this. So who knows how many games that'll continue to span, but too many. They do so know it's how it's going to end. <laughs> if they say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as long as it keeps making money, I think it's not going to end anytime soon. Ah, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what else we got going on here. Sega, Sega is actually trying to buy the Atlas parent company after they've had some financial issues and are going into bankruptcy or quote-unquote civil rehabilita- re- rehabilitation, which is a form of bankruptcy under Japanese law. Um, <laughs> civil rehabilitate that sounds so japanese actually. <laughs> yeah so uh sega's trying to buy atlas um and then they would get access to the shin megami games um which are still really popular and really good i'm seeing co- co- uh, sonic crossover in the future wait who who filed for bankruptcy uh atlas but the Alice, Japanese, I thought Alice has been doing really, really the, good. The American side is, and the American side is actually separate. Oh. Which is, it's kind of weird. I did not know this yeah. for some reason. Maybe uh, television journalism is much better than games journalism. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's super weird. The Atlas situation is weird, because apparently uh, Atlas America isn't affected by the parent company going under at all. I, mm. I don't know the logistics. But, but yeah, it's super, super fucking weird. <laughs> um, but apparently Sega already distributes Atlas games in Japan. So uh, yeah, they have for a long time now. Yeah, it, it wouldn't make a make a big change, at least in the eyes of a consumer. Have we ever talked about the uh, Activision and parent company issues? Nope. Uh, yeah, somebody bought a bunch of the fucking shares. Uh, yeah, so Bob, no, no, yeah, yeah, Bobby Kotick. That happened. Bobby caught up in his Kotick in his consortium of evildoers. Uh, seven evil dwarves. Go on. Uh, basically pulled a Snow White and and bought. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Don't try to piggyback off of my nonsense. That's just stupid. I am piggybacking off of your nonsense. Damn. I know. I, that's your own mistake. Yeah. I'm trying to save you here. <laughs> You're piggybacking off of it. Take the sinking ship down, Jack. You'll never know. Um, but yeah, Bobby Kotick and his con- consortium um, purchased the controlling shares of Activision Blizzard from Vivendi. Um, who was who had controlled the company for a while, but Vivendi was in financial trouble, which is why they were selling out. Um, but apparently, they're now being sued for doing so. Well, Vivendi had a contract in place with Activision that basically they could get um, three billion dollars from Activision at any fucking time. 
Yeah. And Activision was the only part of the Vivendi Activision company that was making money. So they're like, give us all this money because we're going under. So they basically separated. Yeah, essentially. I thought Vivendi Diesel was doing really well after... I, I think you're yeah, thinking about uh, Fast Six. I think you're thinking about uh, Kevin Nash Diesel Power. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yep, that's what Tim's thinking about. NWO. Absolutely. Shit. So. Spread Eagle. I, you know, I'm. I don't know whether to mention this because Eric's just gonna shit all over it. Um. But that uh, that betrayer game looks interesting. There it is. Excuse me, I had to show. <laughs> you made fart sound. Oh oh, what games? What games is this the, from the developer? Uh, the developer from what games? No one lives forever in the original fear. Former mod uh-huh. developers. Oh, oh wow, those are so great. Hey, I bet you this game's gonna be a real gem. It looks like it's a game where you shoot things that run at you. That's good. I like good. I like the art style actually, the black and white. The art style is nice, but I played Mad World and it did it. Be- it looks like it did it better. So I don't know. Mad World's good. God damn it, Eric! Did anybody else watch the trailer or anything? Nope. No. I'm glad that nobody else watched it. When you put everybody watched this before we record. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see him say that anywhere. <sighs> it it does look interesting though. Mm. I like the look of it a lot. But I guess that's all I'm gonna say about it that. It looks like a really bad bad Yep. Uh PlayStation Plus freebies for August. Hitman Absolution. Good game. Yeah, I did I did like Absolution a lot. Um I feel justified in in uh, selling the game though, since I'm gonna get it free with PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I guess, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, also free next month. Uh, well, actually, this month I guess technically now. Uh, Runner Two, Good Trip Runner yeah. Two is gonna be free. It was amusing. Um, it got old kind of fast though. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty glad that I didn't get it on the Steam sale now. Uh, as well as Star Wars Pinball. <laughs> Is Jar Jar Binks there? No. It's the good Why Star not? Wars. Oh, no Jar Jar Binks. Jovan's I don't want to going to be really upset. Jovan's favorite character is Jar Jar Binks. That's <laughs> Papa Midnight. <laughs> mm. um, they're also giving out Machinarium mm. on PS Vita. Dark Star... Man, I can't even fucking talk today. Darkstalkers Chronicles, um, which will be PS Vita and PSP. Um, and also big discounts on Rayman. Which Rayman? Raven Gravids? Legends? Um, let me take a look at the actual PlayStation Origins. Blog. I believe it's Origins. I'm pretty positive on this one. Let's see... Wait, no, if it's a discount, it's probably it's Origins, Origins yeah. stuff, yeah. It is. Oh, wow, good. Yeah. Uh, actually, regular Origins 
is going to be 10 bucks for regular members, $5 for PlayStation Plus. Um, the Vita version is actually $13.49, regular $6.75. Uh, it was a good version of the game, actually. Um, and then you got the original Rayman games, actually. Um, the, uh, the first one is $1.50, second one's $1.50, second one's $2.50. Um, and the third one is two fifty as well. So, if you like some Rayman, so uh, which everybody should. Yeah, uh, Rayman Origins was fucking awesome. So if you have PlayStation Plus and can throw down five bucks, fucking do it. It was good yeah. shit. Yeah. Good shit indeed. Awesome. Anybody awesome. want to sing some Boys the Men? Fuck yeah, man. Mm. That was that sounded real uh real weird there, Tim. <laughs> so you, you guys did you guys know that uh Splinter Cell Blacklist is coming out for the Wii U? I didn't know anything was coming out for the did, Wii U. It's a surprise. Did you know that nobody's gonna end up buying it on the Wii U? Really, Eric? I I figured everybody would be Willing to go out and buy a three hundred dollars system just to play Splinter Cell Blacklist for four hundred dollars. Um, I'm sorry. And instead of buying, well, at least they have the at least they have the money to apparently put it out on a system that doesn't fucking matter. That's good. <laughs> That's true. Um, unfortunately, it will not feature offline cooperative play. It is. Not going to be able to function local co-op as the other versions of the game will. So, as far as functionality goes, the Wii U is again a winner. It's not a surprise, seeing as how you can't use two tablets at the same time. Yeah. Well, they're not tablets. Let's not call them tablets. I mean, two, two tablet use two things, two U draws. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> Good job, Nintendo, on on your great deals with third parties. Uh, they exist, so. Looks like uh, recently released Shadowrun Returns is going to get some Berlin DLC in late October. Um, that game's totally worth playing. I bought it during... Uh when it came out, but I haven't played it yet. I need to get around to that. It's it's good times. The story's really good. The story is actually really good. The gameplay is the exact same gameplay as XCOM Enemy Unknown. The exact same gameplay as XCOM Enemy Unknown. That's not a bad thing. So that's good. Yeah, it's... No, I mean, good. it plays well. Yeah. It doesn't really do much different. Like, it, it does, you know pull you into the Shadowrun world and everything, and it's a good world to, to explore. And there's, uh, It's very linear, story-wise, but the story is really good. So, I have, I have no problems with a good story, if it's even if it's linear. So, um, And there's some actually, like, really cool player-made modules, because you can use the whole game, even in the, in the creative tools, and there's some really good stuff out there already, and the game's only been out a few weeks, so... It's it's worth it sounds like out. that game has from everything I understand that game relies a lot on the user created content being there so yeah and from what it sounds like there's a lot of really good user created content so uh, that's, they're, that's they're, definitely they're, a winning situation uh, yeah there really is um, it's 
that's what's going to keep the longevity for that game. It's going to keep that game going for years, and it's going to keep me playing it for for years. Um, I just remember playing Neverwinter Nights, uh, the original one, um, the the main campaign on it. I mean, hate to say it, but it sucked. Um, <laughs> I know Tim would agree with that one. Are you talking about Neverwinter Nights? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. You know, I wouldn't even say it sucked. Uh, I had a lot of decent like dialogue, and I thought the characters were okay. I think just coming off of uh, Baldur's Gate 2, being its immediate predecessor, which, like I said, is still probably the best game ever made ever. Um, it, it just, you know, it felt like it was like another de- like fledgling developer trying to make their own version of of a more stripped down Baldur's Gate. It wasn't a terrible game, but yeah. no, the campaign definitely wasn't the strong point. I think they were trying to con- con- concentrate more on the D and D tools. And... Yeah, they were trying to sh- you know make a campaign that kind of showed off everything you were you could do in your own modules. Um, but I think in that sense they maybe left a little bit too much to the community for that game. They kind of <laughs> developed half a game and then said, "Now here you go." Um, which uh, you know to that uh, the expansions like uh, Hordes of the Underdark, Shadows of Undertide um, were both really good. And then with Neverwinter Nights two, um, it was kind of the same thing. the uh, The original campaign that came with it was. Um, the combat in it was actually really good. Like the battles were good, yeah. but the, the story was weak. But then the expansion pack to Dead Warner Nights Two is actually like really, really fucking good. It's called Mask of the Betrayer. Mm-hmm. So they they once they release the initial game to get the tools out there, for whatever reason the campaign that always seems lackluster, and the expansions to come after um, were actually really decent games in their own right. See, Mike, this is where you can use the N word. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, if, I knew if I threw Neverwinter Nights out there, Tim would. Yeah. Tim would be able to talk Latches. a lot about that. Nerd work. I do. There used to be this uh, server called the most fun I ever had with Neverwinter Nights. Honestly, there was this server called Inn of Worlds, um, and all it was was a tavern, like in the sky, and you would just go there and you would just role play. Like that was all you did. You just sat around tables talking about your adventures in character. It was the nerdiest fucking thing I've probably ever done <laughs> in my uh, whole life. World of Warcraft pre-alpha. Yeah, yeah, but like it was, it was fun. Uh, like, like all the that you're like, I don't know. Everybody who went there like really was good at it, and it was just this place to kind of just sit down and and role play and talk about. And you could go there and just talk about the other servers you'd visited and and adventures you've you gone on, you know, as if they were real things. I don't know. It was it was a really cool idea that the person. It was one of the most popular servers in the whole game at the time. Um shit, I almost want to go back into I that game. I played that just... game before. Never wonder. I played nice. that game before and it was cool. He's going to make it was he's making Second... a joke. Yeah. It was called Second Life. Yeah, I did that one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I was I, I know, I was like a, a dwarf. Balls. If you click on the pink balls and you're a female, you can get into different sex positions. If you click on the blue balls and you're a male, you can get into different sex positions with the female. That sounds like the opposite there's a, of blue There's balls. an episode of Galactic Gaming. Well, you know, I, it's kind of just one of those interesting things. Huh. If you'd listen to an old episode of Galactic Gaming News, I describe my little bit of time I spent with Second Life. Creepy. Um, that is pretty creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it's very creepy. I don't like it. <laughs> I did an I did an awesome interview that I never ended up posting with a hooker in that game. Like she makes about four hundred dollars a day from virtual sex. Really? Four hundred real life dollars. I mean, I, I guess that's the best way to be a hooker. Is <laughs> sounds like kind of the same life. thing as a uh, sex line service. So. 
Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. But if you're gonna spend money, I mean, buy yeah. a real hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say that I, I ever. I can get a lot cheaper hooker for four hundred dollars. Like you know, yeah. I I wonder how many tricks she's pulling a day to pull in four hundred dollars. Like, uh, like, I don't know. Kids. She like, she really <laughs> even had like. Well, she even had like a schedule down. She had yes, a schedule down. Right She's like, "Oh, I've got to really? meet with this client on this day," and blah blah blah. Oh, and she called them clients. Uh... Yeah, she called them clients, dude. She was a fucking online hooer, a big slooty sloot. <laughs> did you? Did, <laughs> no, I'm, I was gonna say something else, but I think I am done with this actually. <laughs> no, no, I, I had I had virtual sex with her for free because I just wanted to know just what to the see fuck what was it was like. On. It was, well, it was that, pretty entertaining. How did that talk go down? Was it like? Was it akin to like the way you would if you were interviewing like a real? Oh, I was just like, <laughs> can, can we end this, please? No, 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 <laughs> no. It was more like, show me how this game mechanic works. Like, was she ever like, you know, now I went space in... bar, now push space bar. I went yeah. into it like keep pushing space throughout. bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was exactly like that, and I was like, this is really creepy, blah blah blah, and uh, and like asked her why she did. She ever did, ask you, are, did, like, are you done yet? Like, I mean, like, did no, you no, no, no. Actually, at the end, she's like, it's okay. It's all it's right. All... Oh, I know, that I know, thing's really I know, cute. I know that feel. I know. Just like real life. Just like... No. Okay. Yeah. It's cute. Uh, no, it's okay. That happens to everybody. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Oh, it's all right. Oh, sorry. I made a mess of things. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was an interesting thing. And it was like, uh, why do you do this? And she's like, oh, originally it wasn't to make money. It was because in real life I'm crippled and blah, blah, blah. And this is my one way that I get to feel. She was crippled. And, and like, it was, it was like, yeah. Wait, like in real wait, life. Wait, it, it, was like, uh, it was like a hooker with a heart of. So you had virtual yeah, sex I, with a crippled lady. I, <laughs> yeah, I was like, now can I take off your leg and beat you with it? Was that real? That happened? So Yeah, it was it was good. Wow. <laughs> no, well, that this didn't my, really happen. This is my God damn it, I wish that really did happen, though. Jesus, that would be... <laughs> this got real weird. Well, yeah. I, I, I heavily recommend going into that world. Like, I don't know, I often think about if I ever have a reliable internet connection again, uh, going back into it and actually like finding that hooker again, that, that whore, that big slut again. I was going to say, and... do I just go in there and say like, Hey guys, you know where I can find the crippled hooker? Oh. <laughs> damn it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think that would be common knowledge. I am having the worst internet connection issue problems. I thought you were going to say erection there. Because that would be weird if we were talking about crippled hookers. I'm so sad that I missed whatever that joke was. <laughs> it was it was really good. It was really good. It was the best. Around. <laughs> so they're gonna have a beat now. <laughs> isn't that one? Wasn't that one of my Robotron songs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That and uh, live to win. Yeah, yeah. Live to win. Live to die. 
I used to play Robotron on the Xbox 360 at Trevor's house. The game was while awesome. He, right? Fucking, yeah. it was great. Dude. And then he would play that song to try to cheer me on, like, to get me to... Because I was like, I was ranked, like, 19th in the world, wasn't I, at one point? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And remember, remember listening to CeeLo and playing Pac-Man? <laughs> Pac-Man <laughs> Championship Edition? I was addicted to that game for, like, three days, and then I never played it again. <laughs> But man, did I play the fuck out of some Pac-Man when it first came out. Speaking of okay. Pac-Man, there's a new 3D Pac-Man coming out soon. Uh, speaking of Pac-Man, that hooker, she was eating my pellets. Anyways. Oh, sorry. Was... I was I was having horrible internet connection issues there in, for a moment. I'm not... Limbo. Mm, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I often think about going back in there and finding her and trying to do a story on it again or do an article or something i i think i'll end up doing that at some point in time i just have to have a really reliable internet connection so wouldn't it be cool if you found just some woman in a wheelchair blowing some dude in an alley and you're like julie <laughs> that that would be great oh my god was that oh, her name i i would i want to be that uh that hooker in the wheelchair blowing people actually that'd could, be great it could be yeah i mean i don't know if you can get a wheelchair in that game like not that i noticed oh i thought you meant real life Oh, oh no! That that's my real life as it is. <laughs> like that's just normal. That's fucking I, how do you think you got a bus ticket to Cincinnati? It's just day to day. Okay, makes sense now. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. Mm. You'll have that though. Mm-hmm. Oh man! <laughs> uh, so this last bit of news we're gonna have to bring up because wait 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 wait. wait. Wait, Tim, you and I, second life, it needs to happen. Yeah, I, you and I are going to experience some Dude. blue oh. on pink bowl action. Oh, oh, I want this to be a thing. I, oh, I, I, I'm serious. I'm serious. This is going to happen. It needs to happen. Tim and Eric's second life. Tim and Eric. Oh Austin's my god! It, it sells itself. It, it do does. It. <laughs> it, and like, obviously, the videos will be explicit. But yeah, obviously. this needs to happen. This could be a great video series. It's free, right? Yeah. yeah I'm going there right now. Do you still yeah. have it? Uh, I don't anymore. No, I, I got rid of it. I felt really nasty from playing. I was like, oh, this is this is." It wrong. does sound like a dirty game, yeah. Yeah, it, well, it's not all like that. I mean, it's called Second Life for a reason. It's, uh... I want it to all be like that. <laughs> oh, God, we all do. <laughs> Tim wants it to be the CD underbelly of the internet. I just want to walk into a bar and just did nothing but a bunch of women in wheelchairs. Be like, hey, baby. Oh, like, my God. That'd be great. Hey, uh, don't just sit there. Get up and dance with me. <laughs> oh, wait. That's... You can't. Well, in that case, then I just unzip my pants. Yep. They can't run away. It's okay. This <laughs> just got really yes. politically incorrect. Yeah, I know. All right. So I, I think this story is a great one to end on. Because Eric Lee Lewis will love it. Uh-huh. I bet I will. So Amazon had a poll. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> so did a lot of people in Second Life. What's up? Oh. For the best game of the generation. Oh. Oh. Any, any guesses? Oh, I'm, I have a great guess, but uh, tell me, and I, I will confirm or deny if I'm wrong, but I have a feeling it's from a certain series. But I would actually, in a lot of ways, agree with it if this is actually the answer. But go on. It is Skyrim. 
Oh, Jesus, never mind. That, okay. Really? That I've, was their best game of the generation? Yeah. I've lost my faith. It was, it was a, uh, it was a poll. Oh, wait, a user or, poll? It was a user poll. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, well idiots. it just shows well, that the intelligence of... It was a... Well, hang on, uh, hang on, hang on. It could have been a lot worse, couldn't it have? Ah, like, uh, yeah, no, because like I would Black actually Ops? agree with I would actually agree with Call of Duty because of the sales, because of that, the way that, that they revolutionized a... the the first person shooter. Uh, but like I mean, if you, if it were like a just a, as a user poll, you'd expect Call of Duty to win. If it was like a like a poll of which, which game sold the most, obviously Call of Duty would win. But Call with of this, Duty I mean, got knocked in the uh, knocked out in the first round by the original Bioshock. Yeah, I was going to say Bioshock 1 would have been my choice for... Actually, that probably would have been what I would have picked for Best of the Generation, but... Um, Bioshock got beat by Skyrim in the second round. It was, was basically pick... a list of games, and they voted on as like a head-to-head uh, matchup. Like with how GameFAQs does the uh, tournament for the game characters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would have probably picked if Best Game of the Generation. God, I would have probably won Bastion. Or maybe Braid, something like that, Super Me Boy. See, I liked Bastion a lot, but I, I just wish there was like more to it. I know it's an indie game and it's meant to be kind of short and sweet, but it's kind of a generic hack and slash after a while. Yeah, I wish like it was Bastion? such a great. Yes. Are you yeah. guys on drugs? Absolutely. Nah, no, you I, guys, you guys are in the sky. Right I now. love, I love, I love, love, love Bastion's story and narration and presentation and everything Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. It's just the gameplay itself. It, it, the gameplay is great too. On it, so like you know, just the, it, he said, like I said, it's hack and slash, but I think it's really well done. It's just not long enough, and then it's just not, there's not enough to it. Like it, it's such a, such a great idea that deserved to be explored more thoroughly, and it just got kind of. I mean, if they ever make a sequel that's more fleshed out, then then I'll I'm really excited for it. But the first game, it, it was just kind of like a one off, and I loved it. But I, I like it as a game. It just I don't know. It was more of like an aesthetic experience for me than a gameplay experience. So I couldn't give it, like, best of the generation. For, I mean, if you are going to talk just indie games, um, it would be in the running for me. But overall, like, everything... I'm not talking I, about just indie games. I'm saying, like, you know, they've kind of... Those are games that have changed certain things in certain genres and everything. I mean, I yeah, they're all indie games, but I didn't mean to pick them as, oh, yeah, I will, I'm the indie game guy. No, I know, I know. I just, like, if somebody said, like, favorite indie game of this generation, I like, Bastion would pop into my head right away. Mm-hmm. Um I, it's just like I, I don't know. You, like the gameplay itself, you didn't think it was a little bit lacking. I mean, you know, no, even I, it, I really didn't. Just because there was actually a certain amount of strategy, especially when they started throwing different kinds of enemies at you at the same time. Like there's there's a lot of strategy to be had. So, no, I actually never got tired of it. Like I love Fist Puncher. That that game gets kind of redundant after a bit. So I don't know. I I, I did really. I like I would never argue with anybody who said Sebastian's a great game. Yeah. I just wish there was. I think my problem is I wish there was more of it, to be yeah. honest with you. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I would agree with pretty much everything Tim said. It's just kind of yeah. a... Uh, I suppose when I said generic, it's probably not a good form, but it's a very basic hack and slash at that point. Mm-hmm. Really well done, though. I mean, it takes like the, the, the roots, the foundation of hack and slash, and doesn't really stretch it out too far, but it does it so well that you it feels fresh just because of everything else about it. But if you just had just the mechanics and nothing else to go with, no story, no narrator, it would feel pretty generic. Um, it feels fresh because of today's sponsor of this show, Summer's Eve. Feel <laughs> fresh? That was that sounded planned. That was awesome. Oh, it. it <clears throat> well, well, while we're, while we're talking about Amazon, I mean, we, I, I kind of like this discussion. If anybody else wants to go with it, favorite game of the, or best game of this generation, I would say Bioshock One, for myself. Um, 
I would actually agree with you, which makes for a very boring discussion. <laughs> yeah, that kind of nothing, sills that. Like, Anybody else want to chime? Nothing my jaw this generation like the Andrew Ryan scene. I go right. Half Life Two. Would that, that be last generation? generation. Would that... Yeah, it would be. Uh, it was. It was on the it came cusp. Out in 2004. I mean, this one came out in 2006. It came out in 04. Yeah, it was, started in 2006. Was... Yeah. It yeah. was on the cusp of it, though. That's kind of the thing. Like, episodes one and two were this generation. I, I, I still don't think I would pick Half-Life 2, even if included. I do, because Half-Life 2 changed the way that storytelling could be done in first-person shooters. Well, you say changed, changed the way that... You say could be, but it didn't really change the way it was. Huh? Not many games... I, I can't think of games that try to tell a story the way Half-Life tries to tell a story. It, also, with the way that the world felt alive, like I don't know, there's just a bunch of different things to it. I, I, but I see what you're, I see what you're, both of you are saying. Really, I mean, Half-Life Two does it in a way. I think that maybe some developers are afraid to try to emulate, even because it, it's just kind of like this on-the-fly way of telling a story, and the voice acting and the animation, and the characters feel so real that I, I maybe developers shy away from that in favor of like a more conventional. It, it requires a lot know. of detail in the world right. that you're playing, and that's a lot see, of. Uh, I love to go wrong. I love Bioshock One. Fucking love it. I I don't like Infinite, but I love Bioshock One, and, and I have a, a soft spot for Bioshock Two as well. Oh, and Bioshock Two. What really? It was it was more of just because of what it go did back to and my play feelings it. about Bioshock the original. Like I just hold Bioshock so high, and Bioshock Two didn't do anything but hurt the world of Rapture, in my opinion. I don't know. Like I feel like it was like a, it was like the Majora's Mask. It was like a really nice side story. Yes, yes, yes. Go back and play it again because I think you might feel a little bit different about it now that you've been detached from it for a little bit more time. That's possible. Like, it, like it, I, I played it. it like once before, and I put it down because it was like this sucks. And then I went back to it about. A year and a half ago now, probably, and I was like, "This was really good." What am I talking about? And as good as I like, think Bioshock One is, I, I can't go back and play that either because I already know everything about it. Oh, I can't. I was playing Bioshock One hardcore for a long time. Like, where if I died, I would start the whole game over. If you play that, that's. Oh, then again, you have to be kind of an idiot to want to enjoy that. But <laughs> I didn't um, even <laughs> mind playing the game with the uh, the Vita chambers that actually respond to you. I mean, you could abuse them if you wanted to, but I mean, I think we talked about this uh, last week. It's like, I'm not going to play the game in a way that's unfun just because you can. Right. Right. I never died. Like, that's the weird thing to me. I'm not saying, Oh, I'm some fucking great video game savior or anything (laughs) like that. Like I played through that whole game on normal mode and never died once. Like I never got to experience the Vita chamber. And I was like, Oh man, I wonder if there's like some kind of like interesting uh, animation that happens or whatever. No, the but screen just no. gets bright and then kind of like a borderland yeah. respawn. Yeah, much, yeah. I, well, I restarted the game again after I beat it, and I was like, oh, I guess I'll die now. And it's just—it's <laughs> one of those games that there's so much you can do with the weapons and the plasmids and everything that it's—it's it's fun to play, <laughs> uh, especially on hard. Like because, like I said, there's just so many different variables in the combat. With like, you create a decoy, you can charm this camera, you can freeze I this guy, the, and yeah, upgrade system. I remember I would—I upgraded my wrench to the point where I could stand still and not be seen. Yeah. And then there's there was a scene where you're getting with um, Sander Cohen, I think was his name, the crazy, the, uh, the artist yeah. guy. Yeah, the crazy artist guy. And then if you, like, uh, make him angry, he just sends a whole bunch of people to attack you. And so I just stood still, and all of a sudden there's, like, 20 splicers just dancing around me because they couldn't see me. <laughs> it was so funny to watch. Who said oh, yeah. didn't like uh, Bioshock Infinite? Was that you, Eric, that said that? Yeah, I didn't like Bioshock Infinite. I what felt did like, you like about it? 
the fact that they brought up a bunch of stories and like this whole cool fucking thing that's going on, especially with like racism and everything, and then they completely just drop that just really quick and it was like oh finally somebody's going to explore this they completely dropped it and turned it into a generic first person shooter and, uh, and I expect I expect a lot more out of Bioshock because you know just like everybody I hold Bioshock to a really high regard mm-hmm. so I, I don't know it was it was really upsetting it's just like you know with if Half-Life 3 does it which I honestly I think that they it can't possibly be as good as Half-Life 2 I think it's going to be sad and I'm going to feel left out or left down by it so, Even Half-Life 2 in some ways I feel like like the opening sequence of that game when you're when you first when the combine first starts to attack everybody and you're running through that like skyscraper complex and then you like hit the, the railroad tracks with your pistol like that's really intense and then it kind of starts to settle into a bit of a groove. I think a lot of games suffer from that where like even like Resident Evil 4 look at that like the the sequence in the village is really intense and awesome and the game kind of just settles into a you know place to place encounter kind of thing. So but with BioShock Infinite I see what you're saying about the uh where it, it, there's this big, like, shocking scene with, uh, you know, with the racism, and then you can throw the ball, and then some guy gets his face drilled off, and there's blood everywhere. Oh, and, and the worst part about that whole thing with throwing the ball, it doesn't matter which one you choose because you don't get to anyways. It's just an arbitrary kind of thing to make you feel like, you <laughs> yeah, can, you know. Well, I mean, and think about and it the first, sucks it, think about me. the first time you played it. Don't think about it in retrospect or what would you do now. Think about how it, it felt the first time you experienced it, which is kind of what it was meant. You're like, yeah, oh shit. To me, I think it's total fucking bullshit that they didn't pull the trigger on it. So, I don't know. It, it was one of those things that really bothered me because it's still a, a problem today. And the, the fact that I thought finally somebody was going to, like, have the balls to fucking touch upon it. And no, they fucking didn't. And it upset me really fucking bad. Other than that, I mean, for that, like, sequence right there, did you like the story Other than besides that part? I mean, because I, I thought the ending was fantastic. <sighs> Not particularly. Like, I no. really didn't. I didn't feel... I didn't feel anything like the worst feeling you can have is indifference. And that's the way that I felt the whole time. I was like, I've done this a million times before. And I was like, I don't know. It was just something I was really let down by. Story would have been better without the 20 minutes of exposition at the end to basically be like, here is everything that's going on in this universe. Yeah, I I mean, they could have... I mean, I'm perfectly fine with like the uh, Elizabeth is tearing holes in fabric of reality stuff. And I actually think the story would have been much more complete if it kind of just ended um, basically at the point where she tears you down to rapture. But the mm-hmm. exposition just went way overboard and honestly kind of contradicted. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy holes in that story when you actually start to like piece it together. Oh, God, really bad. Really, yeah. really bad. There was a, a video that uh, I don't know what his name was, but he was some Irishman. And I, I can get it for you real quick. Yeah, well, he did. He did a really great job of like showing like how this timeline breaks down, and it doesn't make any damn sense. And uh, I think he might even show one of the biggest problems I had with it, which was like the demo shows like this whole fucking thing that's going on, where it's like, oh, this world feels alive and everything, and then like they've completely changed it to like, oh, this is an action game. Better fucking let this happen. Oh. It is one of the most overrated games. I mean, probably ever. To be oh, honest, with you. heavily. I like. Sad, I love the story in it. I, I love the story. I love the ending. I love the Elizabeth and Booker character. Hey, but I will murder you if you spoil that for people. Say what? Yeah, oh, that point. I actually saw. I I actually kind of thought oh, that was going to happen. I predicted the Comstock Booker relationship. Uh, that kind of was like hitting you over the head with it if you paid attention to what they were showing you. Yeah, they were, I they actually, were not subtle I think, at all. 
I think if you go back to like about five or six months before that game came out, there's an old episode of Galactic Gaming News where I actually completely nailed the story way before it ever came out. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. But it, the shooting aspect itself, like it, it, it was a step down even from the first Bioshock, I thought, which wasn't great the, for shooting. The problem was no. it didn't try to like Bioshock stuff fit the world, where Bioshock that- Infinite where would fit the original Bioshock's world. <laughs> Like, That's the thing, no like the plasmids, for, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. There's go ahead. no reason for them to exist. They're not even that fun to use, in all no. honesty. They took away a lot of the interesting aspects of the gameplay. But for one, just by limiting the fact that you could only have uh, two weapons versus your entire arsenal. And half right. the weapons were basically just crappier versions of weapons you already had. Like all the resistance weapons you got to pick up later. Yep. And you couldn't and upgrade the your weapons. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't upgrade your weapons. And they took away what was honestly my favorite weapon, the uh, crossbow. Because yeah. I used to... My favorite thing to do was to just set the most ridiculous, like, trap for a big daddy. Like, the one with the drill in particular that would come charging at you. The Rosie. Or that's not the Rosie, is it? That's the... the oh, shit, it's sort of the B. Um, the Bouncer, was it a, yeah, it a Bouncer? bouncer yeah, the Bouncer, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah, so it's like you'd, you'd aggro him, and he'd just come flying through this entire minefield and electro-rope trap thing. It was always so cool. And you just couldn't... They dumbed down the com, com uh, the combat without really changing it, and that's what's kind of weird about it. It just wasn't fun. Like the funnest aspect was the uh, skyline things. I can only think of like three areas where it really lets you go like full on at it with those skyline things. It oh, wasn't yeah, utilized the- enough. There were a lot of indoor combat arenas that just weren't fun to play in. That's it. Everybody talks so much about that in all the reviews that I read and watched. That like, oh, how how great this skyline system is and how free form it is and everything. And I just thought it was kind of just like there. Like, it wasn't anything you ever needed to take advantage of. And even when you did, it didn't really. I don't know. It wasn't really a mechanic. It was more like, look, I can jump and swing on this, and yep, and that's kind of that. I had a lot um, of that, fun doing it when I could, though. It was. I mean, it, it looked cool. <laughs> you know, like flying through the clouds and shit. I, I appreciated it from on that end, but uh, like everybody seemed to talk about it from from a gameplay standpoint. I just really didn't see what it did. And then we were talking about the weapons. One of the coolest things it was a, it was a subtle thing, but in the first game, whenever you would do the upgrades, um, the weapon would change, like the the appearance yep, of it. So you have exactly. the shotgun with like this weird pump and this weird like yeah. torch on the end of it. And then in, in two, you can still do the upgrades, but it doesn't change them at all, which is so weird. And for a game that I mean, Infinite has a lot more combat. Than Bioshock One did because Infinite's basically nothing but dumbed themselves down for mechanics that were already in there, right? And it really, really did, like in a big way. And then, like we were even saying with the the abilities, I mean, the the plasmids in Bioshock were part of the lore. They were like you know entwined in the in the game, the, the gameplay and the, and the yep. story were so like one with that. The and then in two, were the reason the world went down. And in two, nobody right, even exactly. uses them other than like the random uh, bird people. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, here, here's just really cool magical powers. And let, there's a guy rampaging through the city killing everybody. Let's not give them to our police force right. to use. There's a bottle laying right there in the middle of the tunnel that you throw fireballs. And you're like, you know what? Let's leave that alone. Let's just shoot him with yeah, our car. Yeah, they're literally laying everywhere. <laughs> it, it didn't make any sense, no. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of a thing <sighs> where they, they stuck to, uh, they stuck to the, the features of the gameplay and they didn't feel like changing them because I almost feel like they're associating those specific elements with what the Bioshock is rather than the uh, dystopic utopia, which is what they should have concentrated on, Bioshock being. It's not It's not an amalgamation of gameplay choices, is what I'm trying to say. 
I, I think they were they going for more of a right. They were going for more of a character-driven story with with Infinite. So the, the for that because of that, you know, Rapture is the biggest character in in, in the first Bioshock, I think, because you, you're the silent protagonist and you do have Andrew Ryan, but it's mostly the the city itself that that makes that game. Whereas Columbia is kind of more like a supporting character in Bioshock Infinite. It's really all about Booker yeah. and Elizabeth, and then on top of that, it's it's just kind of a mediocre game that wraps it all up so that's why it's a real like i said a really good interactive story i think but i'm still okay, predicting just... that burial at sea uh elizabeth is going to turn out to be uh the that freaking bitch that made the little girls what the oh, hell tenenbaum? yeah i'm oh. predicting that she's going to be tenenbaum because i like the picture they or the uh, screenshot you can, if you pause it at the end she's got like this purple button-up thing and she's smoking which is like tenenbaum's look but Tannenbaum had an accent. She was uh, German. She was German, yeah. But I mean, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, but then again, shit, blah, blah, if blah, blah. somebody was looking to hide their identity, uh, yeah, yep. you're right. Yep. Dun-dun, dun-dun. Oh yeah. Anyways, uh, as this was originally uh, with Half Life Two, with what oh, was yeah. so special about that, I feel like Bioshock, the original Bioshock, would have never uh, come to fruition in the way that it did. Never have existed in the way that it did. Never have added anything really to what it did if it weren't for a game like Half-Life, especially when you're talking about the silent protagonist and the world, uh, what the world does around them and all that other kind of shit. That's, that's possible, but that's a lot of speculation. It's, uh, well, obviously, it, it, I can't be like, here's the world the void Half-Life this. never existed. There's going to be something that fills the void. And Ken Levine well, is probably still going to want to tell an epic story even if Half-Life 2 had never existed. So I don't even know. This... I wouldn't go that far. Because a System Shock 2 is, the, yep. I think, the game that kind of set the tone for all of this. So I think Half-Life 2 even gives a lot of nod to System Shock 2. System in a way. Shock 2 is far more like Bioshock than Half-Life 2 is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you have Deus Ex and stuff like that. Did, Deus Ex came out before Half-Life, yep. didn't it? Uh, before the original Half-Life? I don't think so. Yeah. Like, right no, around I, that. I believe Half-Life kind of, you know... And a lot of people don't remember what Half-Life 1 did, so... <laughs> yeah, Half-Life no, 1 is almost unplayable today. Oh God, yeah. That's that's why I'm so happy about Black First Mesa. First person, Black you know? and that's why so that's why Valve was so yeah. for Black Mesa. They were like, yeah, that's awesome. Go ahead. They had their blessing, so you know, that's, Black Mesa. It, it, awesome too i played i played it up to the point where it started to get like half-life one frustrating <laughs> i'm waiting for it to come out on steam still so yeah. i thought it was on steam i have it on steam i'm pretty sure it downloads directly to steam i don't think it'll ever actually be on steam it's already free. uh it's it's already been greenlit a long time ago a long time it, ago it, I, I, I play it through steam so i don't know mm. is anybody else here besides us there yeah i'm here wasn't here yeah <laughs> oh right okay um but no, yeah, as I think it, I mean as it does it, most times. <laughs> but the, the, to draw a line between High Life Two and, and Bioshock, I, I think if you when you play System Shock Two, it feels so much like Bioshock in so many ways. And and then to that end, I think even the Half Life's kind of kind of took something from System Shock Two. So I wouldn't say you wouldn't have Bioshock without Half Life Two. But then having said that, that doesn't take anything away from how great Half Life Two is, whether it's been emulated or not. If it's not, it should be because and they're all based on Atlas Shrugged. So. Yeah, that's yeah. Fucking Ayn Rand. She's yeah. the <laughs> she's the progenitor of our passion. Yeah. Trevor, what would you say is your favorite game of this generation? Red Dead Redemption. That's a solid choice. That's not a solid choice. That's a good fucking choice. <laughs> well, that's what I, I didn't mean to undersell I, I, that. I, I really think that's a great choice. Actually, no Arkham City from Eric. Uh, God. Arkham City is probably my favorite game of all time, so 
I don't know. That, that, but I still totally went with Half-Life 2 just because I feel like it inspired so much. I mean, yes, Arkham City's inspiring a lot of things right now when it comes to the combat and everything. But... You can have a favorite and then be able to objectively say this one's probably the best of the generation. Yeah, I mean, Red Dead isn't my favorite of the generation. It's really good. Like, I, I really love that game, but I think yeah. overall, it might be the best. Yeah, I I definitely can't disagree with you. Like, I can't. I, the only one I can disagree with, really, that's been brought up, and it wasn't even from you guys that brought it up, it was the whole fucking Bioshock Infinite. I think that's absolute fucking... Oh, God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Baby Town Frolics. <laughs> if they were going to talk about best story of the generation, I would say it's, it enters the conversation, at least, but for no. best game of the generation. You don't think Arkham, so? Arkham City totally takes best story of the generation. Well, I that, wouldn't say it would just unanimously be the best. No, I wouldn't yeah, say I best story of the generation would go to Arkham City. I mean, it's fun. It's a great comic book story, but it's a yeah, comic book story. It's a very toned-down comic book story, too. It's because... either that or Arkham City. You guys are wrong. I'm right. <laughs> I, I mean, I like it. Arkham City, but I don't think ah, I love it. It's not. I don't think it's near the top for me. Fine, fine. You know what? Fine. We'll we'll go for the real <laughs> answer here, guys. Naughty Bear. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that oh, was man. the game. Of the Dude, you get to sneak up on bears who are plush and stab them and shit. Mm. And man, that game should have been awesome. Like how about how about like Leisure Suit Larry box office bust? <laughs> <laughs> but no, le- legitimately Naughty Bear. The concept of that game should have been fucking awesome. Like one of those games that's like the the concept is so ridiculous that and like the game should be great, but it's well, it's one of those silly ideas that like a, a genuine like a serious development studio would like say like man that could that is a cool idea for a game, but I don't think they'd ever really put their resources toward it. So it, it falls to these like you know lesser like level two development teams that make a you know a, a c plus game at best i, I don't so. think that i don't know if i necessarily agree like saints row 3 is fucking ridiculous yeah but that you got to look it's an open world gta game that just happens to be completely fucking ridiculous on top of that hmm. you know it's, it's still a third person shooter with driving around a city and, and that, that's got that core that's still really that's true, deep for a developer you know that story of the generations actually spec ops the line by the way um, I that I mean, there's definitely an argument to be made for. So, it. what was your drink of choice again? I like I like it just because there are so few games that actually managed to merge uh, storytelling with their gameplay in such a succinct manner. And you could even go a step further than that, as far as like it breaks that fourth wall with those oh, with those loading screens toward oh the end. God, that was fucked up. And How many Americans scene... have you killed today? Right. And that Jesus scene whenever you, you drop the mortar on all the innocent people, that I mean, that, oh, that still phosphorus? sits with me. Oh, yeah, man. the white phosphorus, that's what it was, yeah. I, um, I saw that there, and I'm like, there's no gunfire, but look at all those white spots. And it's like, yo, fuck yeah. it, I'm going to pull the trigger. Why not? I'm, I'm killing things. And you know like, what? I actually, I reloaded the game me. after that. Like, I was like, I don't want to kill a bunch of innocent women and children. So I would, I kept fighting that, trying to not use it, and it forces you to use it. I wish there had been something in the game that recognized that you, that you were trying to go back and not do that. What's another because, one of those things that's kind of like, uh, how does it hit you the first time? Yeah, like like the, like I was talking with the uh, the uh, baseball thing in Bioshock Infinite. I don't I don't want to I don't want to realize they forced me into that, so I don't want to go back and play it again. Because I did the I same can... thing in uh, Heavy Rain, which is um, I spent a lot of time trying to break it, and there it's it's actually far more linear than it actually lets you believe, which is a really cool thing that it lets you believe that you have this choice, but you really don't. 
Right. Well, it, it I, was like The Walking Dead. That game was linear, but they ma- didn't make you feel like it was linear. Yeah, yeah. They gave, yeah. I, I did the same thing in The Walking Dead, too. It's like, damn it, I don't want to make this choice. I'm hoping with the next, if they make another Spec Ops game, or another game in that in that vein, you know, that's kind of like a commentary on gaming culture, and especially shooters, I hope that they let you, instead of just forcing you down this narrow path where you start to feel guilty about just playing the game, I hope that they kind of let you, give you decisions where you can kind of do right and wrong, and well, the game might reward that. you for Actually, uh, well, it didn't really reward you, but I mean, there was like that spot where um, there were a couple spots, but the only one that really stands out to me is where the uh, the dudes were uh, about to be hung from a bridge by Conrad, uh-huh. and he's like, "You shoot them, or we shoot you, or something like that." But I, they even, yeah. But there's even spots from what I've what I've heard. I've never done it in this game. It's uh, they tell you what the two options are, but you don't actually have to listen to those two options if you think about it a different way. Because I I've seen people they've said they uh. They were able to shoot the rope, so they'd fell, and they were able to shoot the snipers instead. Um, I they said the eventually they failed point. anyway, and those two guys dead. Obviously, they weren't alive to begin with. Spoilers, but <laughs> <laughs> that's but it's kind of cool that it lets you give you like this varying. Decisions. That was kind of a dick move, by the way. It's it's uh, uh, that that game's been on my backlog for a while, like to finish you won't off. Even really no we've pretty much spoiled way more than that in our past conversations than anyway that's 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 not even really an important point you just spoiled the game for me dickweed <laughs> what part what what did I'm he spoil you... i didn't hear yeah i mean if you if what, you've the part with the rope part, and all that any, any podcast we talk sec ops the line we've spoiled so much more than that that's kind I of don't like care about that's like me spoiling that you step like on the first goomba in mario it's, <laughs> it's not really important if a game's been out too long, I don't give a fuck about spoiling. So, I mean, I feel bad if we spoiled something for you just now, but for anybody, I, I mean, so like... Uh, just a year and a half now? Yeah, yeah like... That, that's why I just said you spoiled it for me. Dick I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, a great game. I agree with you that the storytelling is probably... I wouldn't say it's my favorite story of the generation because I, I wish they'd gone a little bit further than they did with it, but, I mean, it was still revolutionary I, for, for the way it, you know... I, I like can't... it in the sense that it's a great video game story, not just a great story. Like, I, right. I feel like I could read uh, Bioshock. I could, like, read uh, 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 Heavy Rain. Red you know? Dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could I could read the story of Red Dead, but you couldn't read the story of Spec Ops The Line. You're, you're right. Yeah, you kind of had to play that because the, the whole fact that it was a game was part of the telling, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything anybody else wants to say? Uh, dicks. Dicks. Yeah, Sporting dicks. goods? Dicks everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think I meant? They're uh, popping up all over the place. Anyway. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. That was uh, that was episode 18, I think, is the number we're at. So. Oh, fuck it. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We will be back next week with a predefined topic, and we will probably do it live. So come join us, come talk to us as we're doing it. Um, and thanks so much for listening, guys. Joe.com at Eric Lee Lewis. Ah. <laughs>
that's the podcast for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We absolutely appreciate it. I just wanted to go over some few things real quick about what you can do to help support us. Uh, Firstly, you can go on iTunes. If you have iTunes, you can rate us. Give us the big five stars. Give us some actual reviews, some comments. We would love to hear from you. Uh, You can also comment on our posts on the site under the podcast just to tell us that you're listening and, and if you like the show or not. Uh, that'll help us a ton too. You can also, on our website at spiderduck.net, go up to the, the top and if you you can support us by going on our Amazon store and buying the things that you would normally buy on Amazon because everything's still the same price and it's all done through Amazon. And if you buy stuff through our store link, then we'll actually get a cut of that and that'll help support the site so we can do better things um, so these guys can try to make money at this and and we can do more stuff, uh, and more stuff is better for you, more content, stuff like that. Um, you can also support this podcast in general, or any of our podcasts on the Spider Duck Network, uh, if you want to email me at ads at spiderduck.net, and we can talk some ad rates on throwing an ad into the, into the podcast, whether that be a uh, pre-written ad that you want us to read or whether you want us to go with it on the fly we can definitely do that for you um, or if you just want an ad on the website in general um, you can also email that same email address ads at spiderduck.net and I will get those and we can talk turkey um, but thank you guys for listening all you honestly have to do is keep listening tell your friends about us uh, and and that's all we ask so thank you very much for listening And goodbye.